welcome to episode 506 of the LeakCast Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Thinking Hooper. Joining me is Aiden Frost Rockarts. Hey, how's it going? And Colton Blue Basket Sweat. Happy Wednesday. The boys are back. The boys are back in town. Uh, as you can tell, I'm probably still a little nasally, still recovering, but I'm here. You, you couldn't keep me away for more than one week. Um, on this episode of LeakCast, uh, we don't have any new patrons, uh, so we're going to just talk about LeakCast news. We've got some new news slash uh, the rising news slash samurising news um i don't know whatever whatever he wants to call it at this point um we don't have any stories uh we're, we're gonna talk about worlds a little bit um probably a lot of it honestly since you guys didn't talk about it too much last week uh and then close out with roundtable as well as mail fight um, also what if i do told you actually we actually do have new patrons and i accidentally just deleted it oh. when i was updating the document today because every single time you get a new patient i immediately go do my thing i update the website update the document but then before the show today i was like ah i need to clear everything so mm. we actually do have new patrons so uh sorry about that to uh william uh to aaron and to don't be creative uh, sorry about that i i didn't mean to accidentally delete your things <laughs> off our document but uh <laughs> that's thanks. all right they still got it in um but first before we get into all of that uh in our weeks uh, Colton is going to tell us a little bit about GamerCraft. Absolutely. So uh, we are still partnered with our friends over at GamerCraft, and they are sponsoring our competitive league section, which we'll get to later when we talk about worlds. But if you are not familiar, GamerCraft is the competitive hub for gamers of all skill levels with the ultimate bridge, ultimate goal of bridging the gap between pro and amateur scenes by providing premier competitive experiences otherwise not available to the everyday gamer. They run daily skill-adjusted tournaments with over 40,000 in monthly cash prizes, taking the competitive tournament experience to the next level. They've got a really cool anti-cheat technology, they've got matchmaking and fully automated tournament, as well as live tournament support if you have any issues. They'll send out the codes, they'll build your bracket, they'll send your prizes, all of that is automated. All you have to do is download the GamerCraft app, uh, and then you can get into those tournaments. And if you do that and you put in code LeagueCast, they'll send you a free $2 right off the bat. Um, again, that's the GamerCraft app. Go ahead, download that, use code LeagueCast and get $2 for free. Get in, you can play in solo tournaments, ARAM tournaments, teams, uh, full 5v5s. There are paid entry and free entry. They got all sorts of cool stuff over there. So again, thank you, GamerCraft. Awesome. Uh, Aiden, how was your week? Mike was good. Uh, I didn't play a ton of League. Um, <laughs> the only League I really played, actually, was on Monday night. We usually play Civ, but instead we played League. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're like, hey, we have a five-man squad. What if we try <laughs> Flex Q? Because uh, I don't know if you guys know if, uh, like, for example, I am a I am Platin Flex Q and I'm D1 in solo queue. So if I queue for Flex solo, uh, I get about a 17-minute queue. And then the game is usually over in 10 minutes anyways because uh, it's just imbalanced team. So we're yeah. like, hey, we have five. Let's try queuing. We click the queue button. Q pops within like a point one seconds. And we're like, mm-hmm. oh my god, what the fuck is this? Uh, and we get into game, and the enemy team has a challenger one thousand point player, two master players, uh, like a D one player, and then a mid laner who was like eighty percent win rate silver. So like obviously on a smurf account, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and we just got fucking rolled. <laughs> uh, it was not a very close game. <laughs> It was actually funny though, because um, uh, Kennedy and Quinn were playing bottom um, against the challenger one thousand point player and the master three hundred point player, and they they won lane. They did the best on our team by like a lot, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it was it was fun. Yeah. Uh, definitely flex <laughs> is still a bit of a joke, but uh, it, it was still fun to play. Yeah. yeah. Uh, outside of that though, um, other stuff uh, we're 
I guess I'll talk about that in LeakCast news, but the uh, only other thing I'm doing this week is that this upcoming weekend, I'm going to do a master tier grind. Uh, not going to stream it because I actually need to focus, but I'm planning on hitting master tier this weekend and then hopefully going to end the season master tier or I'll be D2 and I'll be sad, but uh, I would like to end master tier. So I'm going to do a big grind this weekend when I have some free time. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah. Nice. Is this the last uh, weekend you can do it or? Uh, there's one weekend after, but if you, if I hit master tier on like the second, that's you won't like, decay. Yeah, yeah. I will. No, I won't decay because I'll have three games of uh, demotion shield plus the ten games of uh, like de- decay, whatever the fuck it's called, uh, mm. and then gotcha. plus any other games that I do win out of those three when I have demotion shield mm-hmm. also like give me like an extra day. So like as long as I hit it this weekend, then I'll be fine regardless. So Hell yeah, I, I hope to hit it this weekend, or I hope not just to fucking <laughs> sink. But uh, we'll see. Um, only other thing there is that if I do hit Master Tier this weekend, I have promised my stream uh, over on twitch.tv slash leakcastfrost uh, that I'm doing a 2v2 tournament because we hit, um, I don't remember what the incentive, oh yeah, I had a, I had a sub goal. So it's a 2v2 tournament. I'm probably going to run that on the weekend of the 6th if I Master Tier. If not, I need to spend that weekend grinding as well. But So it'll be like post-ranked uh, like season, but I'll, I'll keep you guys updated. But that's coming soon. Yeah. Sweet. What about you, Colton? Um, I've been playing a lot of ranked. I'm running uh, running out of time, but I've been uh, still playing pretty well, and I think actually getting results. I, nice. I don't feel like my play has changed significantly, but the results definitely have. So I'm currently plat two forty five LP. Um, so just need like plus twelve wins in the next two weeks. Hell yeah. Um, been playing a lot of Oriana mid and just out farming the shit out of my opponents and then becoming a monster late game. Um, and if I get sent to jungle, I'm doing the same thing with Shivana. <laughs> Hell yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah, so I, I Mr. Delete Your AD Carry. It's going to be with a ball or a fireball, either way. Um, but that's really about it for me. Um, that's been most of my free time. So I'll hand it over to you, Nick. How's your last two weeks been? My last two weeks. Um, so last week I was pretty sick. Um, I ended up staying home from work for four days, uh, feeling like absolutely terrible. I have no idea what it was still. Uh, was tested a bunch of times. It's not COVID. So um, I'm just happy to have the worst of it behind me, I think. I still have a lot of congestion. Sometimes I'll get a little sore throat, but I'm here. Um, I've played a lot of solo queue. I don't know how many games I've played this these past two weeks, but it's it's been a pretty good amount. Um, and I hit D1. Poggers, nice. my peak, the highest I've ever been. And then I won a couple games to get to 37 points. And then I won three straight to get to zero. Ooh. So my... Um, <laughs> My my journey, my rank journey this year is officially over. Um, I won't decay, uh, and I'm not gonna you know risk losing uh, the next game to drop down to um, D two seventy five points. Uh, so I will have finished D one for the first time ever. I'm pretty excited about that. Um, I think I've played extremely well this year. Um, I, I have a sixty percent win rate overall uh, over about oh, just a little bit less than hundred or uh, two hundred fifty games. So I'm pretty excited. I've climbed all the way from probably like probably gold, honestly. I don't remember where I started, but I finished plat three. So it's probably gold. Um, it's been pretty fun. I've, uh, I've enjoyed it a lot. So yeah, you've been absolutely fucking killing it. 
Hell yeah. You just gotta play so, uh, Leona. Just play broken tank supports. Yeah, are... you know, I, I try to play <laughs> supports, and it doesn't it doesn't work when the AD carry doesn't know what their mouse is. Yeah, true. Um, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's uh, kind of it for me. Uh, my girlfriend and I have started playing some Pikmin 3. That's a good game yeah, as well. Hell yeah. Uh, pretty fun. I love Pikmin. Pikmin that games. game is cool, so right? It does, yeah. So uh, we've just been playing that, enjoying that a bunch. Um, I think that's just about it. I think that's nice. about it. So we'll just get into the show proper. Um, as we said, we, we already read the new patrons. Thank you guys again for your support. We appreciate it a bunch. Um, do we have any lead cast news, Aiden? Yeah, only thing is that you guys are actually going to post this uh, episode, going to record the next episode of Zed Talks, which I think is the X and something characters i think it's a double up or something like that xy like a lot xy um, would be uh maybe it's yeah maybe it's xy or maybe it's just x maybe there's just enough x character oh w, maybe it's, w, it's wx isn't it i think yeah um sure. either way i think you guys are recording that after um so that will be mm. up probably tonight as long as i get it up tonight uh i do have to edit this and that but yeah. um we'll have that up hopefully soon then we'll do uh next month's uh hopefully a little bit earlier uh and then yeah hell cool. yeah um, awesome. Let's jump into the new news, rising news, samurising news. I don't know what it is at this point. Um, so let's talk about the Prime deal because I think <clears throat> that's the most exciting yeah. news that's come out this week. Uh, and it's kind of just come out today, right? Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like, uh, so Riot has announced to, as of today. So everyone who's had Twitch Prime or like Amazon Prime, you may know that if you go to Twitch, you get a free Prime sub, You can, which you can use, by the way, on Colton or myself, Blue Basket, or Lucas Frost. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, another thing that came with that was sometimes you get rewards. For, so sometimes for games, you'd get like a little drop or like something a little fun. Uh, for League of Legends, that was every single week uh, while they were running like these Prime events, you would get a skin shard. So you'd get just a random like skin shard that you would, after you, you could use the orange essence and then ch- turn it into something, which is cool. It's still free shit. Uh, definitely not like an insane prime drop or whatever but it was pretty cool right um now riot today has announced that prime gaming is a global sponsor of all riot esports um and with that they've changed what you get every single month so every single month you now get a prime gaming capsule if you're a if you have uh, amazon prime by the way so so once again sorry if you don't um but it's actually crazy value so not only do you get all the normal shit that you get like amazon prime and then like twitch prime like you get your fucking twitch subscription which you can use on golden or myself um but you also get five dollars worth of rp in these drops uh which is 650 uh rp five champion shards which you can disenchant for blue essence an unowned 350 rp skin just a random it's actually not a shard it's like a full skin um 200 orange essence two eternal shards and a 30 day xp boost wow. every single month like isn't that crazy Ooh, like that's actually damn. insane value like yeah and you also there's also uh you know gonna be pretty consistently capsules for legends of runeterra yeah i don't know if they do tft anymore um but like get out there and and cash in on that stuff yeah if you have like uh amazon prime like i, mean, I know amazon prime is like one of the most uh owned services like in north america then holy fuck man make sure you're getting your shit because like if you're just using your like free twitch prime subscription and you play league of legends and you're getting this you're getting the same amount of value that you are paying for your thing obviously like it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that it's one-to-one value but like in theory like dollar amount that you're getting your money's worth just off of that uh, yeah so. just, just yeah. from that not including any of the other benefits that mm-hmm. it gets you 
Yeah, I just cashed in my capsule and I got SKT T1 Olaf as my free permanent skin. Yeah. Confirmed scripted T1 wins worlds. <laughs> True. Why why else would they put that in my in my bundle if they that's don't a, win worlds? That's a good point. Yeah. Wow. Hell yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I think um, it's really cool though. The only other piece of news that we have is the uh introduction to First Strike, uh which is the uh inspiration rune that Aiden and Colton talked about last week. Um where yeah they, they like made... gave a lot more information about it yeah. like mainly because like colton and i also it was at the very end of our like hour-long fucking tirade of items and shit so we kind of just went hey this is the new item this is our quick thoughts on it um for those who didn't listen last week first strike is a rune where if you hit an enemy first in the next three seconds after you hit them your uh attack your attacks and abilities deal 12 percent bonus damage and you get 100 percent if you're like 70 percent if you're ranged of that bonus damage of the 12 percent uh as gold which and it's on a 25 scaling down to 15 second cooldown hmm i, I think it's like good like a lot yeah. of people think it's like fucking op as fuck but I think a lot of people don't understand that you're giving up your uh-huh. keystone to take this. You're also going yeah. into inspiration tree as your primary to take this. They do talk about why they put inspiration because it does seem like kind of almost like a domination type keystone in my opinion. Um, but they went <sighs> inspiration tree is like kind of meant for like rule bending is like yeah. really what they define it as. Yeah, this this really makes me think of it as especially like with that particular cooldown, it feels like klepto. Yeah. in a lot of ways <laughs> well, and, and one of my first thoughts when i now saw it is that i'm i'm wondering how it's going to interact with like damage over time abilities because like i'm imagining a teemo taking this top because he doesn't really need any particular keystone mm-hmm. and like if you're against melee you're always going to get first hit and you're not going to get like a ton of damage in that window but you're going to get like 10 gold every time and then late game, like, every time somebody just steps on a mushroom, you get, like, 15 more gold. Like, I I think that that's where we're going to see this item used, much more similar to how Klepto was used, mm-hmm. as opposed to the, like, yeah, but what if what if Rengar ulties on me and just gets the kill gold plus 400 because yeah. he did a million damage? Yeah, but then yeah. his damage is severely nerfed by not having Dark Harvest Electrocute, you know, something like that. Yeah. I guess, like, you have a 12%, which maybe 12% mm-hmm. equals, like, Electrocute or whatever damage at, like, a certain point in the game. But, yeah. Yeah, I but think he also would have to have gone Inspiration Primary, yeah. so he's got three dead runes, basically. Yeah, because yeah, you're not going Boots, probably, on Jungle. Yeah, it fucks up uh, yeah, your I mean, like, 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 Boots Boots on Jungle is, still, I think, still really good, taking mm-hmm. Magical Footwear, and then I mean, you just, just kind of, like... Get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's still actually really common on a lot of junglers, because, like... You can just like play around it, and that you're gonna get your boots at like ten minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think um, boots are the best rune in inspiration. Like, mm-hmm. in, in yeah, it's game, huge. But... They're they're crazy, um, but that's that's where I'm thinking we're gonna see first strike. Is it's gonna be on characters that can afford to go inspiration and just take like cooldown and some biscuits and like kind of useless shit because they're Ezreal or they're Teemo and they're just gonna proc it a million times. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so yeah, if you want to do, if you do want to compare it to Klepto, right? Like outside of the abusers of like, say, Ezreal was probably one of the biggest abusers, or honestly, just top lane characters in general at the highest mm-hmm. level of play. Like it was, I think it was, was it Khan or was it Nuggery? I think it was Nuggery last year, uh, when or two years ago when Klepto was in the game. He pretty well ran Klepto on every single top laner in the game, yeah. just always. Because yep. if you're a really fucking good player, 
just abusing this and then playing safe without a keystone and just having extra gold just allows you to carry like way more games um i personally think for average level of play it's only going to be taken on characters who don't have a good keystone um mm -hmm. and i don't think they're the ones that you typically look at but like for example um i think it's going to be insane on a Lowey. why not that Alawi is going to use it that well, but it's the same thing with Klepto. Klepto is Alawi's best rune at like the highest level of play because she kind of blows dick with all the other runes. So yeah. if mm -hmm. you can just, whenever you have your combo up, your E into like whatever, you get, I don't know, an extra 50 gold or whatever. That's fucking great. You're just accelerating your build to the point where like your character doesn't suck, right? And yeah, and I, I again, I think we're going to see this used on all of the characters that used Klepto well. Yeah. Like Timo, Ilawi, we're going to see it on Jace, we're going to see it on Ezreal. And any of these characters who don't have a super critical keystone to run, right? Because, like, you're not going to not take Electrocute or Conqueror on a lot of the other characters who could theoretically cash in on it, especially not when you then have to give up something like Sudden Impact or, or Ravenous Hunter in order yeah. to do that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, for sure. But Only, yeah, uh, I, sorry. I, I was gonna, I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry, it sounded like you saw a little bit of your point left. No, I mean, I was just gonna say, like, that's that's who we're gonna, I think, see first strike yeah. on. That, like, it's it's gonna be those those characters that have used Klepto. Um, and we'll see if it's enough. I mean, the, the fact that we don't have now, like, the RNG of the item, where, like, sometimes you would just get one that was super good or when the skill elixir was one of the potential yeah. drops. Um, the fact that it's just straight gold now is, is really interesting. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it'll be a healthier thing than Klepto was and a little bit more straightforward. But yeah, I'm just, I'm just thinking through like Gnar, I think is another one that could absolutely mm -hmm. use this. Like obviously he's great with grasp or fleet footwork, but I mean, if you go the Iceborne or Frozen Fist build, like, you can really, really easily use the bonus movement speed. Like, you can just sit around proccing it all day with your Q, and yeah. then just get to, like, two items a little bit faster, never engage with your opponent, and, like, yeah, become sure. a, a big, 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 big boy. Yeah. Uh, only other thing in this dev blog is just that they're also removing prototype Omnistone along with this. They pretty well cite that, like, they don't think it's that bad. It's just one of those things where players don't want to fucking learn how to use this. It's just too complex and too confusing for the average player. Uh, and if they just buff it to make people use it, they're pretty scared of it just being, like, a must-pick in pro play. Because pros would abuse and learn this, like, way quicker than the average player base. So, I, Which I, think I is, like, really fair. wish... Um... They had taken a different approach to Omnistone rather than just remove it. I, I don't think it had a place in the current meta uh, yeah. or the, the current like place, I don't, I don't know, space that League is in. But I think it would have been really interesting to see it like, okay, if you're going to commit to having access to all of these runes, like, uh, I, I don't know, use them or be punished, you know, and, and you should be rewarded for utilizing them. I think, I, I don't know, just ballparking i think it would be really cool to see the the cooldown of when you get new runes reduced or new keystone sorry reduced when you actually utilize the keystone rather than allowing it to time out or mm -hmm. you know letting it giving it a window where like okay if you activate your next rune within you know 10 seconds it, it, the next one's going to be uh one second faster or something like that 
Yeah, I I, I, I think that that sounds really, really good in theory, but it's just so limiting on which, like, certain keystones are going to be impossibly easy to, mm-hmm. to, to like, proc, where it's like, oh, cool, I, I used my fleet footwork versus, like, I got Conqueror fully stacked, or, right, or, like, if yeah, I don't have the, hard... That's the trade-off between, mm-hmm. like, get, taking the rune and being able to utilize it efficiently and making the most out of it versus, like, well, like, this is a obviously a much stronger version of keystones is is what i'm describing and i I think that's the trade-off is okay sometimes you're going to be able to proc it and you're going to be able to proc you know five keystones in in 30 seconds but then there's (laughs) other times where you're going to sit on aftershock because you're twisted fate and no one's going to let you gold card them you know Mm -hmm. yeah i just i i i guess my thing is just there's like such a huge gap between the, the keystones and like condition to activate which i mean i think that that works fine and like that's going to be right one of the weaknesses of the rune is that Mm -hmm. you might roll one that's really conditional Mm -hmm. but i i could imagine it being very frustrating it's like oh cool they got like fleet into airy into comet like they didn't actually have to do anything to proc three in a row yeah yeah i mean awesome but But i mean that would be kind of the point of it yeah yeah for sure. It's one of those things. Pros will always abuse, like, certain things, and I think it's, like, hard to balance a game around, like, the highest level of play and the lowest. Like, a great example That's of this, true, which yeah. we're not talking about it until, obviously, the patch next week, but, like, they're buffing Riven, right? Next patch. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh-huh. Which is fair. She has a negative win rate in every single ELO other than Challenger, so she probably does need a buff. But it is weird to buff a character when the number one player on the server is a Riven one trick. You know what I mean? With it's what like, win rate? 61 six yeah pretty high it's like it's like obviously when the characters played well the characters fucking strong but like i don't know it's just the reality is like characters being hard or runes being confusing and stuff like that makes for such a fucking disconnect between like higher and lower levels of play and i think we're always gonna see stuff like omni stone have issues or characters have issues being balanced and stuff and it it, it's really really strange but i i think that one of the biggest things here though is like it's uh does is the breakpoint actually a challenger? Like it's a sub fifty in master and grandmaster. Yeah. Also, yeah, it's obviously like lower that's... sample size. Like I'm sure those will vary mm-hmm. constantly, but like yeah, uh, yeah. But I think that that's like one of the 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 indicators. The character probably isn't built in a super healthy way that allows players who don't you know who aren't the, the top point zero zero one percent with a thousand games on the character to succeed. Yeah. Like, you know, if, if, if a character, you know, hits 50% win rate at Diamond and, like, 52% at Master Plus, I think, and you could say, it's like, okay, that's just a high skill ceiling character, right? Like, you just have to be really good at the game mm-hmm. to, to play that well. But if, you know, if, if players in Masters and Grandmasters still can't figure it out, yeah. like, that, I think at that point, you can probably say, like, something's wrong with the character design and, like, the way you have to interact with that champion is is probably not the best, and maybe mm-hmm. they want to look at that. And yeah. I think it's still right, like the you have to super animation cancel fucking everything to to be effective on her. Yeah, 
And yeah, like yeah. I mean, I think it's the right game design philosophy. I just think it's funny if you're general sniper, like being a Riven one trick, being number one on the ladder with the highest LP ever in NA, um, and you're they're buffing your main character. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> it's actually, like mm-hmm. it's like what, what like how you dude he's living the fucking yeah. life. It's just funny, right? Yeah. Like, uh, it's like you're literally wearing on a ladder and they're buffing your character. Like oh my god, it's funny. Mm-hmm. That must that oh god that would feel so fucking good. Yeah. Like can you imagine Aiden, when like they rework Tom Kench? You're starting to just dumpster people. Climb, 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 climb. Like you pop into master with sixty five percent win rate and they're yeah. saying, eh, we're gonna we're gonna buff Tom Kench. Yeah, it is cool though. I, I definitely like to see people uh, make characters that are harder to play work. It's yeah. really cool. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's kind of I guess first strike though, and how that uh, will change up the meta a little bit. So I'm excited oh, yeah, for sure. Right, uh, so awesome. uh, like we said, there are no five starries. You guys didn't give us any reviews. We're drowning. We have no starries to save us. <laughs> True. So uh, so you instead, know, give us a review. Let's talk about league. Let's talk about worlds. EU yeah. League of Legends Poggers. Uh, uh, so you guys over the weekend, the sorry, <laughs> I absolutely did. I watched every single game that um, except for. I think game two of EDG RNG when I had to go do something. <laughs> I've I've watched the T1 series and the Dom Juan Mad Lions series. Haven't watched the I'm other sorry, two man. yet. Yeah, why did you... <laughs> you literally just watched like 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 Mad Lions Dom Juan wasn't competitive, but no. Hanwha T1 was even less competitive. Somehow. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, but before we get too much into it again, we want to thank GamerCraft as the sponsor of this competitive league section's um, I don't think we mentioned that, so one more time, thanks to GamerCraft. All right, so tell me about the series I missed, I guess, to start. Uh, yeah. Well, let's go in order. We started let's go with, in order? What, EDG, That's fair. Uh, no, we started well, with T1 Hanwha, right? T- yeah, Hanwha, T1 right? Hanwha, yep. Um, um, holy <laughs> shit, did T1 look clean. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I, th- I think so, too. It's just, like, I don't know, Hanwha, like, it, they are a fucking struggling team. Like, you really need to see, like, Chovy go to a better team. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not, like, that big of a Chovy simp. Like, the reality is, like, Faker, turns out you can just shut Chovy down by playing, like, just a super safe, like, controlled pick, like, Lissandra, mm-hmm. where he literally just can't do anything. Yeah. Uh, and Chovy really didn't do that much. He still played the best on his team mm-hmm. by, like, a lot, but, I mean, playing into Lissandra yeah. kind of, this like, matches your own. Yeah, you can do, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. you're, like, you know, you're, you're 15 CS lead and, like, one tower plate doesn't mean a whole lot when you still can't 100 to 0 anyone and you're playing mm-hmm. LeBlanc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, they, okay, so for, for those of you who haven't watched, it was a 3-0 for T1. Um, three decisive wins. Yeah, none of the games were close. For the T1 squad. I think, um, I mean, they were, they were all very clean victories with really good, like, macro. Mm-hmm. Um, there definitely was some just individual outplay, but I think that it was very reminiscent. The caster said it a bunch of, like, the T1 of old, where it's like, they're, they're just, like, everywhere where they need to be 10 seconds mm-hmm. sooner, like, getting the objectives, and, you know, it was, it was a macro masterclass, I think. It, I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm really liking this this at least the 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 T one I saw in that series. Yeah, it no, is crazy that that they can fire their coaches before they go to Worlds. Mm-hmm. Faker apparently is like being their in game like leader like coach type thing right now, and he's playing such a fucking different style than he's ever played in like competitive League of Legends, and it's working. It's so fucking cool to see. Like I I love it, man. It's so mm-hmm. great. It's wild. Um, so that's that was the first quarterfinal. So T one moves on. And the next series was against EDG RNG, right? 
Yep, EDGRNG. Uh, yes, that was on Saturday. Uh, a little LPL show on them. Yeah, easily the closest uh, series that we had yeah. uh, by score and by eye test. Um, these teams were pretty evenly matched, I would say. It was it was, it was pretty 50-50, but uh, EDG took the victory, 3-2. Um, yeah, I don't know. They uh, I feel like they traded blows back and forth, and then EDG kind of just like decided to win in game three. Yeah, so I mean, so I was like very disappointed on the day of. I, I very much think edg is the better team and it did not fucking look like it uh on the day of you know what i mean but uh i do think that historically whenever we've seen like just uh lpl teams like play best of fives they don't look like they play at their best man they just play sloppy fucking league of legends right you're behind you still just go for shit right and it either works and you get back into the game or it doesn't work and you're even further behind right Mm -hmm. and i think that it's kind Uh of hard to say like right if, if you're just basing your entire like this is how the tournament's going to go off of that game. You think our, you think EDG's going to lose their next game, like, without a doubt. But I don't think that's really telling the full story. I think EDG is much, 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 much better than they actually uh, showed themselves to be in that uh, series. Um, I mean, the reality is they actually have fucking good players. Like, crying might be... <laughs> I don't like flaming people, but crying might be the worst mid laner in top eight, probably. Crying did not play very well. I mean, they literally put him on Annie duty, right? He can only really play TF. So after Rise isn't working out for him, after TF's banned every single game, they put him on Annie twice. They put a pro mid laner on Annie twice. And, and it's he not won because. With one. <laughs> yeah, and it's not because Annie's good, though. It's literally because I don't think he can play anything else at that level, which is so crazy to say. And I, I'm not. I don't even think I'm being. Like, I'm not even being, like, facetious or whatever. I, I think that's just actually how it is. Like. Yeah, and I think that there's, like. As much as, like, you, you could absolutely, uh, you know, interpret what you're saying as flame, which I don't think yeah. is super genuine, but, like, here's the thing. He can't play a lot of mid laners at a world's quarterfinals competitive level against, you know, Faker, Showmaker, Chovy, Scout. Yeah. Like, these are the levels of players he's maybe going to have trouble into with his champion pool. Like... Yeah, you know, it's it's fair to say maybe they did have to put him on Annie because, you know, he's like, well, I I just need to be effective no matter what, even if I do lose lane. But yeah. you would think and that would be Orianna, right? Like, I, I think that that's one like way to that. go about it, yeah. I, I mean, I think, you know, look back to two years ago with fucking Doingby playing Scion and Nautilus mid. Like, <laughs> that's a world champion. That's a world champion. Yeah, fucking like, fight and shit, yeah. But yeah, yeah no. right, like, you don't have to play the fucking 9k IQ fucking Yone play to, to win the game. There's other ways to go about it. Yeah, and we've seen in, like, the past, like, people having uh, champion issues. Like, we don't see it anymore, but there used to be, like, an old issue in, like, season 4, 5, 6 worlds where sometimes there'd be a jungler who couldn't play Lee Sin, which is a yeah. fucking death sentence for your team, right? Uh, like, this tournament, we saw that, like, Sven and uh, Karzi couldn't really play Aphelios, or at least not play Aphelios to, like, the level that you need to play Aphelios when he's the best AD carry at the fucking tournament. Um, but, like, Kryon actually couldn't play, like, any of the meta characters outside of TF, and th- mm-hmm. that's so fucking unbelievable to me. Like, it's so crazy. Mm-hmm. That's, that's wild, and I think that, yeah, Nick, I mean, I don't know why he wasn't considering oriana like I, I haven't watched that series and i, I no, 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 I, I think he, player. he he played oriana in i think one of the games and yeah. he just looked oh. terrible on it oh did he yeah. wow okay but that's like you if you're yeah. gonna be a competitive like mid laner for any region it doesn't mm-hmm. matter you have to play oriana 
That's like that's been the yeah. golden rule of like uh, of mid lane and competitive league for ten yeah. years now. Like mm-hmm. I, I think that yeah, I mean, if you're an eighty carry who can't play Caitlyn, you're not an eighty carry. Caitlyn if you're a mid laner who can't play yeah. Oriana, you're not a mid laner. If you're you know if you're a top laner who can't play Renekton, you're not a top like right like those are the the unspoken you know base characters. But I think of the league, Oriana one is spoken time. loudly. Like, yeah. It's yeah. It that's that's wild. I'll I'll need to watch that and just see what he's doing. But yeah, that's, I mean that's that, wild. He's the, the only thing... player that I think has consistently missed TF combo. Like if yeah. you can even call Twisted Fate combo. You mean combo. like he stuns them and then doesn't hit the wild card? Yes. Like yeah. multiple <laughs> times in a single game. There's a, there's in a, a tournament where TF was pick banned. <laughs> There's a screenshot from when he's playing Annie, which obviously misclicks happen and stuff. It's just funny. Him <laughs> fucking W-ing backwards on Annie. That was so like, fucking funny, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh my like, god, dude. During during a uh, like a, a little a trade with his um, Yeah. His uh, his opponent. Uh, but uh mm-hmm. either way, like I think the reality is RNG overall was a fine team. Uh the main thing that we're gonna see is fucking Cryon's not gonna be on a team next year. Uh and Xiaohu, who was the old mid laner for um RNG, probably will switch back from top to mid. Because Xiaohu played fucking great, I think. Yeah, no, least, he, he uh, looked fantastic. I I'm gonna go out on a limb and say I think RNG throws the fucking checkbook at Chovy. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's a perfect fit, honestly. Yeah. yeah the rest I of the team's I, fine though. I, I, yeah, I don't. I don't think that that's uh, an impossible or even unlikely scenario where they just you know, yeah throw the checkbook at Chovy, <laughs> re- replace our uh, our world's quarterfinals team by just putting in like a top three mid laner as opposed to a whatever rate rank you want to put him at. Like, oof. yeah, yeah, it'd be a strong team if they actually work together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, so one more time, EDG won that series. Yeah, yep, three, three two. two. Three Spoiler. two. Okay. Uh, and then we had. Uh, was Damn that? one mad. Yeah, Damn, Damn one, one mad lions. Who boy? It was more competitive than I thought it would be. Game game one, mad could have won game one. That's like about it. They definitely couldn't have won the other two games, but like they were actually mad's a team that actually like tried. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Hanwha just fucking crumbled. Mm-hmm. Mad like actually looked like they were trying to win games at least. They, like, they were trying, and good. I think I think at any point like. All of the games, I think, were, like, winnable, mm-hmm. whether that be, like, a 30% or 20% chance. Yeah. Um, there, there were definitely moments, being that I literally just watched these games, like, an hour ago. Yeah. Um, in, in all three games, we were, like, you know, th- there were certain fights, like, if this had gone a different way, or if X person had dodged, you know, this skill shot, like, they, they absolutely could have won any of those three games, you know, the fact is, Don Juan outplayed them, and that's, you know, why all of those fights went a certain way, but... And at the, um, at the same time, I completely agree with you, but it simultaneously, it felt inevitable that DK was going to win all three games, even game two. Mm-hmm. Like, while watching, I was like, oh, okay, Damwon's Damon's going to win this. Mm-hmm. Like, I, yeah. I don't, well, I, I don't I think know, it was... like, Khan smurfed out of his fucking oh, mind. Oh, the fucking cannon? Oh, like, my God. Mm-hmm. I, Mad Lions yeah. played probably the best I've ever seen a team play, like against a Kennen flank. And Khan just was so patient with his with his yeah. positioning, and and like the moment he needed to be at a certain place, he was there. He perfectly avoided like vision, like he like he had like God perspective, like like yeah. fog was off and he could see mm-hmm. vision. But like it was it was actually like one of the best games of of league of legends that i've seen from a player in such a long time that yeah. i don't think like 
properly shows up on the scoreboard. Yeah. Like, no, and I, I think that, yeah, especially that one with, like, the way they, they treated him in the early game where they camped the shit out of him, like... And he still, that, that just, he still was a massive threat. Oh, he was, he was still a monster. He played it so well. And I think the biggest thing out of, like, the Dom Juan Mad series was, like, Mad did a lot of things well and things that worked, but when it came down to it, like, every fight that was 50-50 or 40-60, it, it went down on every, every time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like that's that's why they're so good. And I think, you know, in in comparison to the SKT series, like, uh, not the Domlin's macro is bad, but like, holy shit, are their players just so fucking good at the game? Like Canyon and fucking Khan, right? Like, no flame to fucking anyone else in the team, but like Canyon and Khan, just like they just outplayed the shit out of their opponents. Like, yeah, it like. It looked as if a challenger thousand point player it looked like was, our fucking flex queue game. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a challenger thousand point versus like a master twenty point player. Yeah, yeah I mean, Con and, Cannon, Canyon and Showmaker are probably like top three in the or t- like mm-hmm. best in the role like at the, at the tournament. Yeah, they're I think. they're wild, and I think that Showmaker didn't get a huge opportunity to to do a lot of it because of just like the way drafts mm-hmm. and and play went out. But yeah, Showmaker's definitely up there, and, and we'll have the chance to do that in the next series. But mm-hmm. I mean, mechanically, they're so fucking good. Yeah, um, it's it's wild. I I can't I can't wait to see what Canyon and Khan do in uh, the next series. Yep. Yeah. Um, yep. Do you want to go on into the fourth series? Yeah, Cloud Nine versus Gen G. Uh, this is actually like closer i mean it's like it was a 3-0 but they were like two of the games were very very close uh cloud nine just kind of like fucking played like shit genji is not a good team though that's kind of my final fucking thing that i'm getting out of this uh i really think rascal is like a bad top laner i think ruler and life look average at best i think bdd is really good like don't get me wrong i think bdd is insane Mm -hmm. i definitely don't think some people are saying he's the best fucking mid at the tournament which is wild to me um but like I don't know, man. They, they just play so fucking sloppy. They play kind of mm-hmm. like how... um They remind me kind of a 100 Thieves in a way, where, like, they don't really know what to do when they have a lead. Like, they just kind of wait for the enemy team to int into them, or else they're kind of, like, lost, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, I think important to frame this in that... In the context of corner, corner, yeah, quarter yeah. finalists at Worlds, right? Yeah. Like, obviously, Genji is not a bad team. Yeah. Right, they they would have won LCS. They probably would have won LEC. Like, they're they're a good team. Are they at, on the same level as EDG and Damwon and T1 at this tournament? No, no, they're not. I, I yeah. think um, they might be at EDG level, <clears throat> just yeah. because I think the the EDG that shows up from game to game is so vastly different. Um, mm-hmm. But I I think. By far, Dam One, T One, number one and number two. I don't know where yeah. to put them. I don't. We're gonna we're gonna see the finals in the semis. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't really. I, if you want to put one a different place versus the other one, you, you know, I, I, like you can make an argument for both, and I think mm-hmm. that would be absolutely fine. Um, yeah, people are acting like Dam One will one hundred percent beat SKT. Mm-hmm. I think no. like. It, it, like so, I, I think it's very. It is very still likely that it's going to be a three zero for Dam One, but it's not like SKT can't win. It's not like T1 can't win that game. Like, T1's really fucking good. Like, all their players are, like, can, like, hold their own versus uh, all of Damwon. Yeah. But. Yeah, and I think in, in particular, like, 
the way their series played out against Hanwha, and I, I mean, I, I don't think a lot of it is fair comparisons, but, like, Kana got, like, no resources top and, like, yeah. dumpstered every time. And particularly, like, they just, they, you know, he played super weak side and did fine and, and didn't really die much or make mistakes. And while obviously, you know, Khan is a different monster, um, you know, if, if he can play and neutralize Khan, you know, and obviously Showmaker versus Faker, like, if, if Faker can neutralize Chovy, I, I think he can neutralize Showmaker or just, like, they both take a control mage and farm up and become big. Like, I think there's a world where their superior macro will win them that series um canyon taking over the games i think is like i think that to me is the biggest question is like is canyon gonna smurf on t1's jungler or is kana just gonna just get dumpstered by fucking con um, yeah but I, don't, I think it's it's a lot closer than people want to believe it is yeah um I, I, that's kind of it that, that I think we could talk about for the results. I want to talk about the format. I am, um, really angry at how, like, segmented these series are from one another. I think it's absolutely ridiculous that we're going to go, what, three, two weeks, a little more, more than two weeks from quarters to finals. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think it's insane. I think it's insane to have three league of legends games on one day like uh, and obviously right can't know that they're three o's but i think it's absolutely wild to have one series every day when there's like what there's seven mm-hmm. series total yeah like, I, I i don't know i think it's i think it's i think it's crazy i don't i don't like it mm-hmm. at the very least they should have done double series like doing wednesday thursday or something like that and then have semis be saturday sunday or something like that yeah exactly i don't think you need to have like one weekend be quarters, one weekend be semifinals, one weekend be finals. I do think um, having finals on its own separate weekend is fine for Riot. I think, like, for most tournament organizers, you probably should just do semis and finals the same weekend. It's not that big of a fucking deal. But for Riot, yeah. they always do make it a spectacle. So I think it's a little mm-hmm. bit different, right, to have, like, I'll, finals its own thing. But I'll even concede I'll even concede that point because yeah. you want to get the highest possible League of Legends that you can get. And yeah. mm-hmm. Riot does a really good job of making it feel special. So giving the teams a, a week to prepare for each other, yeah. uh, and, and Riot, you know, a week to prepare for the event itself, like is absolutely fine. It's just I, insane to me that I like I watched basically all of the international within one week from the start of the tournament, which yeah. is like absolutely absolutely insane to the ver- to the grand finals with every single like. With, with like I don't, I don't know four or five times the number of games and the games are probably twice as long on average like i i don't know it's it's crazy i yeah uh, not a I fan mean, the, of how how spread out it is the the spectacle of it all with all of like the pre-game post-game in between stuff like adds a whole lot to that time and i i think that the format of like quarters one week semis one week finals the next week i don't think they're they're gonna move away from that ever but that's where i just say like Fine, give us give us a double elimination bracket then. Like, yeah. At that point, just give us the double elimination bracket so that we can have like when, when semis happens, it's not going to be like two two separate days that could be three games. Like we we have a lot more time. Like quarters, obviously, 
would have a lot more happening. But like, even if you played, you know, two sets a day for like a three or four day weekend, you could you could get all of those in. You could then do semis the following week, and then like finals is still probably one series. At most, it's two series, and like. I think even then, right, like, a, a reset and having just a second best of five is not, it's not impossible. <laughs> I think a reset is probably a bad idea in... Mm-hmm. I think just giving games league. is, like, the way to do it. Or you just give, like, picking yeah. an advantage. Like, that's the other way of doing it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, both if, those are if fine. you made just, the, like, made a double elimination and then the two teams that get to finals are just the two teams that get to finals. Yeah, yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. fine. Um, yeah. Also, I guess like two other things that I want to bring up. Uh, one is that I, I mentioned this to Nick, and he thought it was fucking crazy. Is that so? We have two international events a year. Uh, Riot is very hell bent on in groups, making sure other like teams from whatever region doesn't play teams from whatever region. But when we look at best of five League of Legends, which I think is interesting, League of Legends. I don't think best of ones really mean fucking mm-hmm. anything personally. Yeah, I agree. Um, we get ten series a year, ten best of fives of international League of Legends a year, of which this year guaranteed three of them are like inter-region like t1 versus hanwa edward versus royal t1 versus damwon potentially the winner of t1 damwon versus genji so it's just say that genji makes it to finals fucking four out of our 10 total best of fives in the year are like teams that we've seen play each other playing each other again mm-hmm. isn't that yeah, fucking and, crazy yeah and it's i mean right like there, there's always going to be that as a symptom of having regions yeah. that are just stronger right like that's always going to be part of the problem and i think msi is is where you can stem some of it but yeah. right like the real way to fix that is let them play series in groups yeah or <laughs> like, or, or, or double elimination double elimination finishes yeah. fixes it all right because all these mm-hmm. teams that are going into losers will fucking have other brackets if korea is the best like region in the world and guess what there's a ton of korean teams in like the upper bracket at least the bottom bracket's filled with other teams playing each other like, yeah, yeah we, get, exactly. we get to see cool interesting like yeah international yeah. matchups yeah. i i think riot just has this idea that like they have to appeal to both the hardcore people who I'm not even gonna like. I don't even think best of fives are for hardcore people, but I, yeah. I think that's what Riot thinks they are. Um, and they also want to appeal to the casual, like, "Well, I've got an hour, and I'd like to watch some league, so I'll tune in for Cloud 9s match today." Like, and then that's it. Like, I, I, I just don't understand how you could have ten best of five series or ten best of series within, um, you know, a calendar year, and you think that's a, a good representation of yeah. like high quality competitive esports mm-hmm. you know yeah and, and like what i'm trying to think of i like if if it ends up going that you know genji makes it through it would be i'm trying to make a comparison of like how many best of of korean on koreans happened at worlds versus just like the korean finals <laughs> Yeah, the Korean I playoffs. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Right, which is like, I mean, if if one region is that dominant that that the world's final is is just a repeat of their playoffs, that's fine. I, yeah. Like, but I, again, you know, d- double bracket or you know, open up groups a little bit differently. Like, I I want to see the international games, even if they're not you know super competitive. At a certain point, they will become that. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. It's 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 happened so many times where it's like three of the four teams in in quarters or in semis at worlds are korean 
It's happened so many times. Speaking yeah. of uh, LCK dominance, uh, Colton, there have been 30... I'm going to steal your stat, Aiden. Uh, Colton, there have been 30 LCK teams eligible to, to qualify for the quarterfinals from the group stage. Uh, how many do you think of the 30 have uh, have proceeded from group stage to quarterfinals? Okay, so they... Just that there, there were thirty teams. Thirty that team, are thirty LCK, LCK teams in groups. How many of groups. them made it out of groups? How many made it out of groups? Um, I'm gonna go with twenty-seven. Aiden, I, I, it's my stat. I gave it to you. Yeah, I oh. want you to participate. Oh, uh, I don't remember what the number is though. <laughs> it's twenty-nine. <laughs> I was trying One to ask LCK nine. team hasn't. Yeah, it was <laughs> like, fucking, it, uh, it's absolutely insane. What team yeah. was it? Yeah, and, and I mean, like I've, I've, I've always said it, man. If Genji. If it's worlds, it, like if if you want to know how to fill out your pickums, put let Korea win every single game that they're in. Like yeah. it, statistically, it's probably gonna go okay for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. But I think it'd be also wild to see like, because I, I know we I think we've had like three or four semis that were three Korean teams and one LPL team or a bunch more that were two Korean teams and then like one LPL or an LPL and an LEC. But like if you took a pool of every team that was in like the semis of worlds, I think you'd be looking at probably like 70% LEC or LCK teams. Yeah. yeah. I mean, 17 of the remaining 20 players are Korean. Mm-hmm. So even though a Chinese team is there, you know, there are some uh, Korean players on it. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, um, but I, I mean, I think that's all we have to say yeah. about Worlds at the moment. We'll yeah. we'll see some games next week. I think I that, that T one Damwon series is the yeah. real finals. I do have one more thing I do want to talk about in the GamerCraft competitive league section. It's just sure. like uh, some like minor roster like change stuff. Just because like this is the quickest I think we've ever seen roster change news like come up post worlds and obviously all of it's like just rumors and stuff like that but it's all been pretty interesting and i don't know how much you guys have seen of it but uh I, i'm kind of excited yeah so um so the first thing is that um perks and alfari are probably going to be on a team next year or they're at least in talks to be on a team uh next year meaning cloud nine perks or team liquid alfari which one of the teams listed on that they might be playing for is vitality which is the european team which what the fuck's going on? First of all, how the fuck are these conversations happen- happening? This was this is the day after Cloud9 was out of Worlds, this article came out. Meaning, where the fuck are these conversations happening? You know what I mean? Where the top laner mm-hmm. of a team at Worlds is talking with the mid laner of a team at Worlds, and they're talking to a European team, like, in a different region about playing on their team. <laughs> they're, they're all going out for bevies after the games. Yeah, the fucking hot tub, yeah. But, like, I, yeah. I don't know. First of all, I think that's really good. I think Perks and Alfari would be, like, I, I people say Perks isn't worth $11 million. And, yes, no fucking player in the world is worth $11 million in value, but Perks is fucking good, man. It's crazy that people are, like, acting like Perks isn't a good player. Yeah, like, for real. he's actually so fucking sick at the game. Uh, but anyways, I, I would love to see Perks stay in NA. I would love to see him on a team with Alfari. Uh, I hope he doesn't go back to EU. Um, but I would understand if Cloud9 wants to fucking make some shmoney back. Uh, <laughs> it'd be probably a good investment for them. But, uh, next thing is the, uh, past coach of, uh, G2 is now going to be the new coach for BDS, which is the European team. Uh, the one that took over PSG spot, or sorry, SO4 spot or something like that, I think. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he, it's just cool. I, I think Grimes is probably like most people would think he's the best coach in EU, maybe outside of like maybe Yamato Cannon. So it's just cool seeing him on like a newer team. Uh, next thing is that Buipo won't be on Fnatic next year, which what a surprise. It turns out the fucking Twitter like losing his mind. Uh, the drama mm-hmm. was actually mm-hmm. real and wasn't fake like everyone's like no he said he tweeted and said it's all good <laughs> uh but yeah <laughs> i think blippo blippo is really really good in the jungle this year um i don't know if i'd rather see him top or jungle though i i really don't know yeah i, I don't know i think um that's sort of going to be the appeal that he uh that blippo has for um mm-hmm. lec teams is that i think he can be either you know world-class top laner or a world-class jungler Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that's sort of like open opens up his options a lot actually yeah yeah and, and I think like worst case even if you know if there's an impression that like he's a problem to have on the team or he's washed which I don't think really our common sentiment but like worst case he's a great sub for both mm-hmm. where it's like you can take a risk on a top laner and a jungler and then just say whichever one of those chances didn't work out, that's where we'll put it. Yeah. Uh, I'm um, excited about that. Uh, and only other thing is that there was a little bit of Bjorks and rumors floating around today. Uh, they're a little bit hard to pin down, but the gist is that he might not be going to TSM, uh, which is a little bit surprising if that's the case. Uh, there's rumors of him potentially going to ED- EG, which I think is like the fucking worst case scenario. Uh, <laughs> there's uh, rumors of him obviously going to TSM, or... There's rumors of him going to Team Liquid and Jensen playing bottom lane for Team Liquid. Wow. Wow. Who's wait? Who's their bottom hmm. laner right now? Uh, Tactical. I thought Tactical huh. was was good. Tactical is like fine. Yeah, it's just the, yeah, I don't I know, man. Great. If you can mm-hmm. take two fucking star players and put them on your team, you you probably try it, right? You probably just go yeah. sure. I'll do, I'll go for yeah, it. Yeah, I guess but. so. I, I yeah, mean, at I the mean, very least, it's gonna make them the most popular team in. NA, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, I mean, mean, at the very least, number two. I don't know if anyone's dethroning TSM, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, I maybe personally... they're going for the little Caps perks situation. Yeah. Uh, I personally <laughs> think that he probably just will still end up going to TSM. I think there's just so many things, like, tying mm-hmm. there. Uh, I also think, like, the, the TSM Reckless thing is probably also likely happening. So, I don't know. A team with Bjergsen, <laughs> Reckless, Spica... Yeah. I don't know. Th- I hope. Yeah. I hope they don't have sword art anymore. But they probably still will have sword <laughs> art on their team. No. Uh, what's What's going to happen cool. is is TSM is going to put Bjergsen back in, but it's actually just going to be Chovy in a trench coat. True. <laughs> yeah. Get away around import restrictions. But <laughs> exactly, they're going to say this. No, this is Bjergsen. Yeah. <laughs> Can't you tell? He was gone for a year. You don't recognize him. <laughs> yeah, he's changed a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, oh, man. but I'm excited about that. I, I just I I love uh, postseason roster changes. They're always so fucking crazy. Also, uh, uh, fucking CLG has a new coach, Nick Pog. Yeah, I saw or, that. Or a new, new GM, GM sorry. Well, I think. Yeah, yeah. GM is that's like, a uh, hey, that's the first step, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, as much as I fucking love Tafo, uh, as like their coach, <laughs> I don't think he's a good. I don't think he's a good league coach. Yeah, I do think that like so. This is outside of League of Legends. Tafo mm-hmm. not being the G was he the GM or was he the coach was he I think he, I was, think the he GM. was the GM yeah he, him not being the GM dude it, that scares me for fucking CLG's melee presence though like yeah melee doesn't make any fucking money I think there's a world where they drop all their melee players because of that. <laughs> I mean but, yeah probably that's sad uh, but but I mean PPU and uh uh who's is PPU still even on CLG I thought he was he might be I'm not sure but uh 
As fat is, and then they obviously have Void. Void's my fucking favorite CLG player, though. Oh, he's still yeah, uh, for CLG. Wait, he's... Yeah, true. It says Senior Coordinating market, Marketing and Team Ops for CLG. Is that a meme thing, or is it, does PPU actually just work at CLG? Huh. <laughs> huh. Either way, I, I like PPU and SFAT, but I, I that just scares me, because like, I, I very much think that someone like Tafo probably has a strong hold on them keeping their melee uh players in a yeah. scene that's not very profitable <laughs> so well, it says uh it says on wikipedia that he made the transition he's no longer a competitor huh yeah so i guess it's just s fat and then void are the two players but fuck. yeah huh i mean cool. they'll both get picked up by their orgs yeah uh-huh. or just like base streamers tons of streamers are picking up players because yeah. it ter- doesn't cost very much to pick up a fucking melee player but streamer wait streamers are yeah fucking uh charlie moist critical he's like yeah. a bunch of like players like just under oh, moist esports and stuff so i think more and more moist servers are gonna do esports. shit like that yeah <laughs> that's awesome actually yeah it's a cool way of doing it though so, like you just pay and then you get to watch yeah. a player fucking perform it's like yeah. <laughs> it's like picking horses that's cool <laughs> yeah so it's the big boys Who's... bringing their money in and just saying i i purchase you which yeah. league player Go does compete. uh or which uh which melee player does Lugwood own uh he he like sponsored zane for that one tournament that like he won oh that's awesome but, yeah before he was on golden guardians but yeah yeah i I think it's gonna be like more and more common though seeing big streamers like just like pick up like players for like games that are like low paying games because they don't cost very much and it's just like Mm -hmm. cool to like hype and hype to watch and stuff but -hmm. but anyways yeah that's off league of legends just uh clg's management's getting shaken up hopefully it's a good thing i mean it can't be a bad thing (laughs) so yeah it's hard it's hard to get worse yeah that's right they get 10th place to split and then they get kicked out and then i'm free free you're never free, Nick. I'll be free when they don't exist anymore. <laughs> You'll never be free. True. Uh, awesome. That's it for uh, the GamerCraft Competitive League section. So let's talk about the roundtable. Yes. Last week's question was, piss off the League of Legends community in one sentence. And this is our most popular fucking roundtable response in years. Because wow. uh, everyone wants to piss people off is like the reality. So from our Twitter, we got one from our very own Christopher Puner. And he says... Uh, Pokemon Unite is more fun. <laughs> uh, okay. Which I'm sure would draw. I'm uh, angry. Some, yeah, I'm angry right now. Uh, <laughs> one who naps said, it's not your team's fault that you can't climb. <laughs> Max and Mox said, Yumi is fun and interactive champion to play and play against. And he puts in brackets, complete joke, by the way. I hate that stupid guy. <laughs> he gets mad at his own fucking uh, <laughs> thing. That's um, hilarious. From Facebook, Chase said, season 12 will bring you uh, more of what you love from season 11. Brandon said we're removing all chat, which I think is really funny. Uh, Trin said, "Here's the story was harder to play and makes more sense." Uh, which fucking, <laughs> <laughs> just make hey. it on, dude. <laughs> so we're lying now. I see. Yeah, we're just lying. Yeah. Uh, Elliot said, "Yumi is a balanced and great addition cha- uh, to the champion roster." Um, and then we got one from Matthew Hillman, fucking old league. Oh god! He oh said, uh, "Should have never removed Zonia's ring." <laughs> <laughs> oh well, god! Disagree with that one. Can yeah. you imagine that item? Oh. Yeah. Uh, from our Discord, Charco said, he, he gave us three, said, our game has an overloaded champion smiley face. We are gi- we are giving compensation buffs to Irelia, and here's a new KDA album and skin line smiley face. Uh, Kennedy said... But I like KDA albums. <laughs> Kennedy said, you didn't get placed way lower than you should be in ranked. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's probably uh, the most accurate one. Yeah. Rory said, I think Dynamic Q is better than Solo Q. I actually do think Dynamic Q is yeah. actually kind of sick. It just was implemented poorly. But uh, And then Bernie said, Yumi takes skill. And then last but not least, Foxloaf said, 
and I quote, being good at playing a certain character in a video game is valuable, but I think it'll take, I'll, but I think I'll take the 200 plus collective years of professional game design experience. What a crazy thing for a writer to ever say. <laughs> Honestly. Like, I, was he, I, was I, he let go for that? No, but uh, it's just like, <laughs> it's just like, I understand where he's coming from and I'm, it's fucking like, dude, if you click, I feel bad for writers. If, if you're a writer, just probably don't use Twitter is like the reality um, because the amount of times that someone who's like a game designer on Riot will just tweet something like whatever, right? Like about their own life and just the comments are all just like buff nerf as character fucking learn how to balance yeah. your game. Just like just terrible shit. And then the one time you reply with honestly at its core, a pretty valid thing. Like, hey, the reality is we have a ton of people who have tons of game design experience. We're probably going to take that over the fact that you're a one trick for this character, right? It's, it, that makes sense. It's just you fucking get annoyed and you say one thing and it's just a fucking meme and you get just to get ridiculed forever for it. Like even I, though I do think at its the core way it's he, true. I do think the way he like <clears throat> like oh yeah uh, framed for sure. it is is just incorrect though. Like yeah, I, I don't think like you and I or the three of us don't have you know I don't know twenty five years of podcasting experience. Like yeah. that's not how it works. Yeah, but yeah, yeah I, that's what I mean. Like he's obviously being like a, a bit of a twat about it, and like also yeah. doesn't need to respond to people, but whatever. But it's like at the end of the day, I I do agree that fucking them being game designers probably do have way more valuable input than but, someone who's a one trick or whatever. Absolutely, like, and this was in tr- this was with regards to the um, uh, the Wukong rework, right? I'm pretty sure it was, it was for Wukong, yeah. Like, which turned out to be like he turned out to be the best character in the game like once people stopped building lethality correct yeah fuck it up the wukong streamer or whatever yeah right? i remember the day when he came out he's like character's fucking terrible whatever exactly, right yeah. fucking stupid they need to give him a third knockup on his ultimate sort of thing like and just mm-hmm. no he was just fucking op when he came out <laughs> yeah he was so good uh but yeah no i think that, that like in, in that specific one the the 200 years like yeah the, the way you, he said that is, is a problem with it, right? It's like yeah, for sure. The, the the experience of one player who has you know millions of games or thousands of games on a character, like yes, it's valuable, but so is like a team of professionals diligently working to make the game better. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a, yeah. a team of of twenty people with ten years each. You know, sure, you could call that two hundred years, but that's a really really poor way to frame that. Just like you know, Nick said, it's like. Yeah, we've got we've got twenty five years of podcasting experience yeah. between the three of us. Mm-hmm. Sorta, it's yeah. one way you could say it. No, I get it. I, I just like I just think it, at its core, like mm-hmm. if you, like I think that's like a main thing you should try to do with like statements. Like I'm not saying that you shouldn't be a dickhead online or whatever, like sort of thing. Like you just don't be a dickhead to people. But if you try to boil what someone's point is and just try to get down to it instead of just like arguing like whatever, then I, I don't think it's a bad point by any means. Uh, no, no, like no, that, no, for sure. That's the way I try to like look at a lot of stuff. Is like, what the fuck did they actually try to mean? If you take away all like the fucking dickness that's like surrounding mm-hmm. it, you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. Awesome. Anyways, yeah. This week's roundtable question though is: for season twelve of League of Legends, I want blank. Oh wait, can I answer last week's? Oh yeah, answer, answer last week's. What? Do, how would you piss Absolutely. off? Absolutely. What do you got? Uh, League didn't used to be better. Season two, three, <laughs> those weren't the peak of. That's not the peak of League. <laughs> yeah can um can now that you've had uh, plenty of time to consider it tell us what kind of dragon you'd want to add to the game yeah we were you know i was <laughs> i was thinking about that i uh i honestly have no fucking clue uh yeah. I'm, that's, so I'm gonna that's go why you got sick huh that's yeah what, huh? exactly yeah 
So he couldn't think anything, and he licked like the underside of a fucking subway rail. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, I'm gonna get absolutely crazy with it. Uh, I want a dragon that um, inversely affects your stats. If you build uh, like a lot of AP, it gives you some AD. If you build a lot of AD, it gives you some AP. Hell yeah, that's actually goaded. Um, Let's fuck the just, game up. <laughs> just quickly about yeah. the, like uh, the game didn't used to be better thing. Um, I, I love Lola, the other league podcast that like mm-hmm. is really good. That's the, the, the second best League of Legends podcast out there. Um, <laughs> Michael and Blake recorded an episode last week. It was them like just reacting to the uh, the 2022 dev blog or yeah. whatever, right? They're like watch the video and pause and then talk about whatever, which is a really good way of doing a video, by the way. I think and yeah. the episode was really good quality, but. Blake is someone who very much his mindset about how the game has been played hasn't changed in like three years. And Michael is someone who hasn't played the game in like two years and used to be like a mm-hmm. Trinity remain in like season five uh, when he was like at his peak or whatever. It, yeah. it was old man yells at sky like for <laughs> one hour. Like, it was so funny. Dude. I love them both so much. It was one of my favorite episodes to listen to because just both of them just getting fucking mad that the game is like different. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I fucking love them both. It was so funny. Yeah. Hilarious. I mean, I... I feel like I'm in that bucket of, yeah. like, old man yells at Sky. Like, the way I play the game is not the way that the game should be played at this point in time. Yeah. It's um, just so funny. Yeah. So what's this week's question? Yeah, this week's ch- uh, question is, for season 12 of League of Legends, I want blank. You can be anything you want. I want to achieve something. I want this in the game. I want this removed. Yada, yada, yada. What do you want? I just uh, want blank. For season 12, I want to hit Masters. I want Ooh. Masters. I, yeah. I am happy that I achieved D1, but you know, I, I would be lying if, there, if I said there wasn't a part of me that is disappointed I didn't achieve Masters. And yeah. I am going to take that as a good thing. Yeah, I mean, it's good to fucking want to yeah. like, strive for shit, mm-hmm. like, regardless. So. Yeah, and I, like, you, don't, you don't hit your highest ELO ever by not thinking you could go higher. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, I mean... For for season twelve League of Legends, I I want to be out of platinum in the first hundred games. Hell yeah! <laughs> is uh, is I think my I, I don't want to get stuck in low plat again because it's just fucking hell, um, and it it is really really demoralizing to like play consistently well and and just be stuck with players who aren't as good as you. And then, like, in the few instances where we played, like, Clash or tournaments, it's like, well, yeah, I mean, at, at least in, in this small sample size, like, I'm, I'm performing pretty well. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, right? Like, if, if tomorrow you handed me an account that was Diamond 2, you know, 0 LP, that, that account wouldn't drop to D4 in, in two days. Like, yeah. I'd probably have about a 50% win rate, if not better. Yeah, we're taking this but, baby all the way, all the way to play. Yeah, I'm, taking, I'm bringing us all the way down. Um, so I mean, I I don't want to get stuck again and have to like yeah make my my whole season about just getting out of plat um, because I think if you know I I was there like again like if you handed me a D two account tomorrow, I think certainly I could get to D one and like depending on how much time I had to play the game attempt for masters hell yeah um but hey, that's me in what you got uh mine probably is ugh, fuck i don't want to like be this person but i i really want yumi not to be a good character man like and it's like 
and I, I'm someone who very much, I, I think Yumi as a character adds stuff to the game. I very much think that Yumi being a viable character allows playstyles to work and characters to be viable that uh, like wouldn't be viable otherwise. I don't think the game's being played in a way that which that happens ever. Um, but I just think, man, like she's just so fucking bad for the game in her current state. I would love for her to be good, man, but it just, it's just, it's way more frustrating than anything else. And I'm someone who's never really been like the remove a character like camp or whatever. Um, but it, it's just so frustrating. It, it's really frustrating seeing like a character that I wouldn't say is easy because I, I mean, like they did put out that like skill curve or whatever, and Yumi like mains are perform statistically way better than like non Yumi mains, even though she's a pretty simplistic character. Um, but I, I just think her current iteration isn't good. I think she could she should be a character that could be reworked and put back into the game in a way way better state. Uh-huh. Like if if you do X yeah. amount of that character's damage that she's on, it knocks her off, but she can like remount immediately or something like that. Even stuff like that, I think, would make her just so much more like bearable just any level of counterplay would be fucking great because I, I really do think at a core design point having an enchanter that can sit on a character and follow them into the backline is really interesting it just doesn't currently work and it is very frustrating yeah um and i think like part of what you're saying with like the the skill level for yumi players like that's always been the case with enchantresses and i, I know people love like flaming on yumi and obviously it's like the full send of the archetype where I, I literally don't even have to move because I'm attached to them. But even go, like go back to season two, like there were so many high diamond or like into masters challengers, people who would just main like Janna. And sure, you can do nothing on Janna and just press E on cooldown and press R when they're low and maybe sometimes hit a tornado and you can do pretty fine. But like, you can absolutely tell a good player versus a bad player on Janna. Yeah. And when you played against one of those, like, high diamond Janna mains, they're out here, like, doing more damage than your AD carry in these trades, being everywhere all the time. Like, it's it feels like they have Ghost on a zero-second cooldown because they're so fast. Like, you can tell. <laughs> There's, yeah. there's a big difference. And just just one more quick thing. I, I also don't want to, like, flame any people who, like, enjoy playing Yumi. If you enjoy playing Yumi, keep playing Yumi. Like, I, I think it's very important to play shit that you enjoy. So don't make it seem like I'm, like, upset at Yumi players or whatever. I just think that, like, she could be one of the best designed, or maybe not one of the best designed, one of the cooler designs that allows lots of different ways to play the game. But I think right now she's in a very unhealthy situation with how she's designed. I, I don't want to seem, make it seem like if you're a Yumi main, don't feel like I'm hating on you because I, I think it's absolutely fine to play whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yep. Um, awesome. Let's yeah. So where can they send those roundtable answers in? Yeah, uh, they can send them to at Leadcast on Facebook or Twitter. They can send us an email, mailleadcastpodcast.com, or they can come into our Discord and post in our roundtable section. That's discord.gg/leadcast. Awesome. Let's jump into mail fight. Cole, do you mind taking the first one so I don't drown in in mucus? Oh, for sure. I will <laughs> rip into it. This first one is from Luke. He says, Hello, Leecast crew. My name is Luke, and I'm an international listener who lives in the Riviera Maya, Mexico. Uh, a year and a month old listener, but first time emailer. I joined in on episode 447, Worlds 2020, and I can't believe it's already Worlds again. It really feels like it was yesterday. I fell a month behind on the episode releases due to some life issues that I've come to realize most human beings go through as well, but I'll leave that for another email. 
and I'm currently on episode 500. So I want to say congratulations for reaching this benchmark and thank you for continuously delivering an amazing show. Uh, regarding the email about interacting with a lore character, an IRL person from the league scene and a person not related to it, I would like to ask, uh, I would like to ask Jax about Akathia. He was my favorite character when I started playing, and I feel like there's so little information about him and his place of origin. I'd like to chat with Xpeke, uh, I'm a loyal fan since a friend of mine introduced me to League in 2014, about the early days of the EULCS and Competitive League. I think his friendship with Cyanide and his personality were amazing to watch from Season 1 Champions Fanatic, uh, then leaving after dropping in the World's 2014 group stage to the quick rise and success of Origin and then a heartbreaking ending. I would love to see Origin in the LC again and Xpeke on the scene. When I got their jersey last year, the news about them rebanding to Astralis and most of the staff leaving was already out, but I got it anyway because they might never return and I really admired the org and all their members. I would like to talk to PewDiePie about League of Legends. This was the like talk to three people about yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. Um, uh, I think he uplifted content creation and gaming culture and while not being related to League, uh, so it must have helped in some way. I would love to hear his take on League of Legends and esports, talk about the good old YouTube days, and listen to his, his stories and how he became who he is today. One last thing before I wrap up the email, how did apologizing for a long email become a thing? Did someone send an obscenely long email and it just became a joke between you and the listeners? Anyway, sorry for the long email. Uh, expect to hear, or should I say read more from me from now on? Luke. Um, I really liked all of those answers to that older yeah. roundtable. I think that those would be all interesting conversations to be a part of. And I think PewDiePie was actually a really good, like, non-league take in there. Yeah. Because, right, like, he's not completely out of left field. Like, he's obviously aware of it and the scene around it. He's just not really a part of it. Mm -hmm. And would have some really interesting thoughts, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but, dude, any... I feel like the sorry for the long email thing just happen naturally on a couple people thinking their emails were really long and then other people were like oh i should do that too and then it just became common enough to become a meme was there really one that set it off uh i don't think there was one in particular yeah i think it was just a number of people that apologized for their email being a little bit long you're just like very organically like you were saying yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah it's funny oh huh. yeah that was a really that's email. awesome thank you luke Next one is from Bernie. Uh, Nick, do you want to take this one? It's a little shorter. Yeah. Uh, this is my first time writing into you guys. I've been listening for three or so weeks to keep myself busy and love the podcast. This is a problem that I have to uh, that I have, but I think that many others might have it. Uh, I'm in jungle and mid, and I have been recently trying to learn AD carry, and I just can't play proficiently in the lane. I find it extremely hard to focus on so many people and things in the lane, uh, like my support, the CS, etc. Do you have any advice on what I could do to improve my bot lane? From the ranked matches I have played, I play slow silver. I don't know if that helps at all. Uh, if this question is too specific, I understand. Love the show. Keep up the good work, Benny. Uh, Bernie, not Benny. Can I have, um, a, I have a crazy suggestion. Actually, it's not that sure. crazy, but I think it's like something that won't be brought up. Um, play support 50 games. Yeah. Is that like a? I feel like that's really like it's a lot of games. So like once again, if you don't play the game that much, like don't feel like that's a, actually the right way of going about it. Because if you don't play mm -hmm. the game that much, just keep playing AD carry. But if you do play like a lot and you want to learn, play support and then see what the fuck you want your AD carry to do. When you play support, figure mm -hmm. out like how you're playing and then 
if you go, oh, my AD carry is pushing up too far. Oh, my AD carry is playing too ba back too far. Then when you go back to playing AD carry, do what you wanted your AD carry to do when you were playing support. And that exactly. will help you out a lot. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, some other things to maybe consider. I mean, I think like mid jungle and AD carry are very different roles mm -hmm. that don't have a, a ton of overlap. I think, right, obviously jungle is really its own thing. Um, as, as a support, you'll, I think, have a lot more overlap with your jungle skills. And in particular, depending on the mid laners you played, I think support a lot of times fits more in that role of like it's about landing one or two key abilities at the right time as opposed to like ad carry is all about pumping out consistent damage over the the length of the fight mm -hmm. um but i mean like i think yeah playing a few games of support whether it be 50 15 like whatever fits for your schedules is going to definitely be helpful i would also say i mean depending if any of the characters you play a lot of in mid work well as AD carries or as, as carries like you know if, if you've got a mean zigs if you really like swain like you can play those and at least then not have the burden of playing a character you're unfamiliar with that being said you're, you're not going to learn the traditional AD carry skills needed in bot lane mm -hmm. if you're if you're playing zigs for example um so a lot, a lot of ways you could go about it but I, I think anytime you're trying to learn a new role a new lane it's it's just you know it just takes time to figure yeah. it out for sure yeah one of your best things is just to just to do it you know you've got all this experience in other lanes just just play ad carry as much as you can and uh, eventually you'll pick up on on things that you know maybe maybe you didn't notice in the first 10 or 20 mm -hmm. games that you've played yeah absolutely so good luck and bot lane bernie and on to the next email from lego potato uh, hey guys, long-time listener, first-time emailer, decided to write in after I heard you guys discuss how bad the itemization has been at the World Championship. I myself am a mid-Lilia one-trick, the only one in NA Diamond <laughs> Plus, uh, as far as I can tell from the stat sites, and have had to put a lot of thought into running and itemizing my champion to have success. During my experimentation, I've concluded that Ludens is nearly always, if not always superior to the Andrews on Lilia. And the only other mythic I would ever consider is Everfrost versus specific champions with dashes such as LeBlanc or Cassidin. The magic pen passive and upfront damage mean that your time to kill is way lower than waiting for the full Leandry burn duration, uh, yet the prevailing wisdom likely will continue to be that Leandry's is best simply because it seems so obviously synergistic and nobody has gone into the practice tool to test it out. You can literally test the Andri versus Ludens and see that not only does Ludens do more damage even versus full tanks, but it does it faster and gives even more move speed. Versus Squishies, Ludens outperforms by hundreds of damage and again, it's upfront initial damage. Even if Ludens did less damage, it would likely be better due to the time, lower time to kill but it actually does more damage. At the World Championship, I have only seen one wildcard region, uh, Lilia, building Ludens, with the rest all opting for Leandries, and only one top lane Lilia building the very uh, popular, and in my opinion, completely awful Conqueror Riftmaker build. It really goes to show you that you can have a lot of success by testing out non-obvious itemization that will give you an edge versus the net deckers, for lack of a better term. 
Uh, if any of the listeners are interested in mid lane Liliather crafting, feel free to add me. Uh, his summoner name is Lego Potato on NA. I'm also trying to maintain a low-key educational mid lane Lilia stream for people trying to pick up the champ, where he discusses matchups, items, room choices, etc. Uh, I encourage anyone who's listening to take your favorite champion into the practice tool and try out some different item combinations that you haven't considered. Never know what you'll find. Just an FYI, when testing items versus dummies in the practice tool, be aware that giving dummies HP counts as bonus HP for items mm-hmm. that care about bonus health. For example, the Andreas. If you're trying to simulate an AD carry at level 18 by giving a dummy 1900 health, the Andreas will be doing way too much damage because the AD carry will have 1900 base health, but the dummy will have 1000 base and 900 bonus. So just be careful when you're testing those kinds of items. He says, I'll never apologize for the length of an email. Cheers, Lego Potato. Um, I, I think he made one really good point in this. Like, I mean, not, not the, the, rest the of other points are bad. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I think, like, the one really standout thing for me is the idea of, like, when you play something that's uncommon, you, you learn things about your character that maybe are, are not the common knowledge and especially like when you know when he's saying like what the net deckers are using like if, if a character is picked a lot right there's going to be so much data and at a certain point it reinforces itself because the people who are playing the character look up what the best build is and they they play that and they get better at the character and they, they learn how to use that build and so you know even if that item maybe isn't necessarily the best damage for that character or just their best item it's because everyone who looks it up uses that and the, the good players like continue using it because it's worked for them like mm-hmm. the, those things reinforce themselves whereas if you're you know on a character where it's like well nobody knows what you're supposed to build or play you'll just try everything and like if you run the numbers yourself you might be surprised yeah um, for sure also, so, I do think it's one of those things that, like, I mean, it sounds like you have run the numbers for yourself, but it is one of those things that, even as a one trick, you can do things that are wrong as well. You know what I mean? Um, not to say that you are wrong in the scenario, but there is situations where, like, maybe on like Tom Kench, I know I don't remember the exact scenario, but I remember when I played Tom Kench like four years ago, I would always do X build, and then a fucking gold player told me, no, do this build, and I was like, no, you're you're just wrong, and then I did it, and he was just right because it's just better. I don't mm-hmm. remember exactly what it was, but it's one of those things where just because you're higher or low or whatever, you're like the only person who does something doesn't mean that you're always right. Uh, but it does sound like you've put in like mm-hmm. the thought process to at least justify your reasoning on stuff, which is good. Yeah, I, w- I would also go out and just say that strictly running the numbers isn't yeah. always going to give you the complete answer. Um, I think the the biggest example of this is a conversation Nick and I had, I think almost a, a full year ago at this point about Swain, mm-hmm. where like his base damages and ratios are actually very high. And, you know, there there's a world in which if you hit your combo, you just like 100 to zero anything. But like, that's just not how the character works and plays. And like a- accounting for where the opponent is if you can actually hit like how many of your five bolts, what range you have to be like, all of those things aren't going to be part of that calculation. And that's why a lot of times you'll see particular choices where you're like, oh, X item 
would have given you more damage. Why didn't you pick that? And it's like, well, I, I chose the Zonia's Hourglass so that I wouldn't be dead. Yeah. That's why I chose that, even though it does less damage. Or, I mean, currently, um, like, the build with Misfortune, right? Like, in theory, Crit Misfortune has higher DPS capabilities post uh, three items once you get Infinity Edge. Um, but Lethality Misfortune is just infinitely easier to pilot right yeah. you're playing a low yeah, range and it's... uh no mobility ad carry so therefore being able to kite with crit is much harder on that character than it is on another character meaning just throwing out your abilities mm-hmm. is just much more like practical in a game whereas like we saw the opposite with lucian a couple of years ago it was theorycraft that lethality lucian was the most optimal way to play lucian like two seasons ago um but everyone played crit why because it's fucking way harder to play lethality lucian than it is to play crit lucian especially when he's like a gunslinger can like move in and out and kite perfectly it's just like i don't know you have to think practically right about what you can do yeah 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 and i think like um to to go into your example of the mf there's also right like those those timing windows right where for the question of one specific mythic as opposed to like the full build obviously there's going to be like different levels of breakpoints and if you're saying just which mythic over the other it's a different calculation but you know if if let's say MF is strictly better crit at three items, yeah. Okay, well you still have that decision of like maybe I just want to be strong up to three items. Maybe I want to make sure that we win lane, that we get the first two dragons, and that my mid lane Cassidy and my top lane Kale have time. You know. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I, I just think um, there's so many things that you could do. There's some build is super yeah. unexplored in League of Legends. It's something you should definitely look into um it's just really cool like uh kennedy recently just found a challenger zyra player on korea who plays tank zyra every game interesting and it's fucking cool and once again we've, we've kind of discussed it and we went okay tank zyra is probably sick and might actually be the optimal way of playing her but honestly if you're playing zyra at iron bronze silver gold plat maybe even diamond yeah. probably just doing damage is probably just better um you know what i mean but like in theory if you're challenger maybe tanks are is fucking sick like because you're just like you don't really you don't really fucking need damage on supports like at high relo um and i don't know it's really cool it's just cool that people can like make shit like that work you know what i mean so mm-hmm. yeah um so yeah thank you lego potato for the email good luck with your mid lane lilia and uh good like good luck trying to change the common perception of your champion <laughs> to to build one item yeah. versus another i think that's always uh, something any anyone who's like one trick to character or who who goes a different build than standard is always like come on somebody like somebody with a bigger following do this too yeah. so that i'm not in the minority yeah, so, I mean, sure. so are you considering ludens like just real quick hitting like on a single target because when i think one of the biggest draws to leandries is that lilia can easily apply it to five characters yeah. You know, and I, yeah, I would be sure. hard pressed to find that Ludens out DPSs Leandries then. Um, also, Ludens works on minions and not, you know, not the way that Leandries does. So I don't, I don't know. It's definitely like not as cut and dry as I think. Just mathing it out versus one target would be, you know. I completely agree. Yeah. But awesome. Yeah. En- enjoy that. Mid Lilia sounds. Uh, I I don't know if it sounds good, but it sounds really fucking annoying to play against. <laughs> yeah. I'm just imagining just, like, I would just throw every, whatever, her swirl seed, is that it? Yeah, yeah. swirl seed. It just keeps going, Down just, like, constantly yeah. throw it bottom or top and just hope. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, like, do. It, it does just seem, like, worse than playing her top, right? Like, almost certainly, unless you're, yeah, getting the fucking cross-map swirl seeds, I guess, but... 
Well, I think it seems good in mid lane because you can, um, like, you could, you just have prio for everything. Yeah, that's right? fair. Yeah, that's and as fair. long as long as you're level six, like, there's not many fights you're going to be losing. I was just thinking, like, her main strength mm -hmm. is how quick she is. So, like, obviously jungle that makes sense. And for top lane, you just have a fucking huge lane that you just run it around in, like, the yeah. fucking like, <laughs> just like a <laughs> like a free range deer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, Leglotato. Good luck with that. Uh, next email is from Monday. Hello, all. Here are some Drake ideas that I came up with as an answer to the roundtable. Oh, cool. I'll I'll steal one of these. Um, Time Drake. When you get it, when you kill it, you gain 20% summoner spell. I'm sorry, plus 20 summoner spell ability haste. When you get the soul, uh, when you use the summoner spell, it is replaced with a random one-time use summoner spell. Three-minute cooldown. That's cool. I think the time limit needs to be a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. um, Ice Strike. Uh, slows gain plus 5% effectiveness. Uh, and that's just a, an additive. So a 5% or a, I'm sorry, 30% slow would become a 35% slow. Uh, and soul uh, would be when all five friendly champions uh, hit an enemy champion within five seconds, they will be rooted. Uh, and there's a cooldown per champion. Yeah. Um, I just got to say real quick, you cannot do a 5% additive slow. It needs to be multiplicative. Would it? What do you mean? Uh, unless you want to allow Zillion to give Stop you a 104% movement speed slow for five seconds. Hey, I mean, that's what he said. That's what he wants. He said I, additive. I, I, I know he said additive. That's what he wants, Colton. The man the, knows what he wants. He knows, not, he knows to Zillion has a one. Guy, yeah, <laughs> yeah no. it, it makes sense. You don't get it. You wouldn't get it. <laughs> you, you literally get one ice streak on Zillion and you CC somebody. Van Zillion. Okay. <laughs> um... Chaos Drake, enemy auto attacks and abilities have a 2% chance to be dodged. Fuck this. Uh, Soul, <laughs> when you use your ultimate, a random basic ability goes off cooldown. 20 second cooldown. I fucking hate this dragon. Yeah, that's crazy. What the fuck? <laughs> oh my no. god. Get rid of it. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely at, like living up to the name, but ugh, very annoying. Um, Ancient Drake, when you get it, you gain 100 health. Uh, Soul, gain either 15% armor or 15% magic resist. Uh it switches every minute. Interesting. Um, so a little bit of a, a variance there. And Shadow Drake, gain five flat penetration, adaptive, lethality, or magic pen. And when you get the soul, gain percent penetration based on enemy max health. Adaptive penetration is between 5% and 20% based on max champion health. Max enemy health, sorry. Mundy. Boy, nice. they, I don't know if I like any of these, but they're so unique and so well within, like, the i the realm of what riot seems to be going with with dragons that i think like you should just you should just work with riot for these yeah just fucking get them to hire you <laughs> these are these are like i i, I hate see. these numbers um and, and some of these ideas but i think it's a step in the right direction you know yeah i could see riot doing any of these i, I think that's the, reason, like, that's I, like the biggest I thing i could absolutely see them in there um, I, I think, yeah, some of them have potential to be stupid broken. Wouldn't it be so um, fun, really for, fun for your for your Q, Aiden, your Tom Kench Q, to just be 2% dodged? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a good time. Yeah, it sounds great. <laughs> what's the what's the percentage slow on uh, on max rank Tom Q? Uh, 50. They made it to flat now, I think, right? It's 50? Okay. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of, like, higher abilities, because, like, Potentially, in a world, you you could have four ice drake stacks, and so you'd add twenty percent additive. So I'm trying to think if there's like wither is like probably the most fun one because it oh like scales God, up. Yeah. It's just gonna be plus five percent yeah. or whatever. So like, 
at some point it does per- it does stun you like zillion but it's like progressive mm-hmm. you know what I mean? because like uh, let me pull yeah. up with it really quick. well it would like start at like 50 and get to like you Fuck. know like a hundred thirty sooner <laughs> yeah that's funny that'd be yeah. cool thanks mundy yeah thank you for the email next one from please help i suck uh, hey guys, just started listening to your podcast and I'm having a ton of fun with it. I have a question about MMR. I know it's kind of annoying when people complain about it, but I was curious how long it takes to fix your MMR. I started out the season <laughs> playing a lot of done stuff while being slightly inebriated. As a result, I ended up silver 3-0 OP with a 46% win rate. Since yeah. then, I've climbed to gold, smashing all of my games, and then back to a positive win rate. I would like to get plat before the end of season, but I'm currently gaining 11 LP per win and losing 17 per loss, which is making it very hard to climb. How long do you think my MMR will suck for? Thanks. Love you guys. Love the show. Um, no one knows, man. Find That's out, the reality. Yeah. No one knows. I mean, like the best I can say is probably at season reset is your best bet. Um, it's whatever is happening with it i don't i don't know um but like i'm i'm definitely losing more than i win right now and it's going to be that way you know even if i win a lot more yeah like because because part of the issue is also that if i am playing super well and i climb right like my my mmr is going to come up but also my, my rank went up yeah so you know, even though now I'm in diamond, my MMR might still be like plat two from plat four, plat two, and, and I'll still lose more than I win. Yeah. Um, and so I'll be like, oh, my MMR is perma fucked, but it, yeah, nobody really knows. I don't think Riot Games really know. It's no, not I mean, a science I, by any means. I have I'm almost fifty game positives. I have a sixty percent win rate over you know two hundred fifty games, and I'm losing exactly as many as I'm gaining. And it's like seventeen both ways, so there's there's truly no telling. Um, just do your best this year, and then like win as many early games as you can next year during uh, during placements and the the first like fifty provisional games or whatever. Exactly. At the end of the game, it's a it, at the end of the day, it's a game. Uh, so don't <laughs> don't get too upset about it. Like yeah, it's, it's the, definitely I mean, not the big thing is sometimes if if you win more than you lose, you'll climb. Yeah. You know, however hard it may be, that's that's all it boils down to it may take you a little bit longer than most people it might take you a lot bit longer than most people but win more than you lose and, and you'll gain lp yeah for sure thanks uh thanks please help i suck next the email is from arsonist after seeing tyler one's rant about the quinn nerfs i've been thinking about how the balance team makes decisions what do you guys think about a system balance uh that is decided or at least influenced by public vote for example, every patch, each player gets to vote on a champion that needs to be buffed uh, and a champion that needs to be nerfed. Then the top five of each get considered uh, by the balance team. Your vote could be tied to your account and therefore your rank, so they could keep the current rank tiers uh, that they use for balancing considerations and requiring uh, players to be placed uh, in solo queue would discourage people from making 70 alternative accounts to uh uh, to vote for the same champion. I feel that League has a unique opportunity for this kind of system due to the scale of its player base. Obviously, this is just a hypothetical, but I'd be really interested in hearing your thoughts. Sincerely, Arsonist. P.S. I humbly apologize for the length of this email. Um, I'd be, so, I think it'd be cool to see, but I don't think it should do anything. <laughs> so I, I think the, the very important caveat that he mentions is that um, 
it wouldn't automatically like pass or anything. Like, yeah. it, it, let's say you know, it would just every make single, them look at it. Yeah, every single player on the server votes for Yumi, right? That wouldn't do anything aside from put Yumi on the like the the developer's radar, um, which I I think is fine. Uh, but then I'm, we're gonna lead into like, oh, Yumi's been Yumi's been voted five months in a row. And Riot hasn't done anything. Uh, what's the point? Also, like, what's, it's, yeah, it's not like Riot doesn't have their fucking finger on the pulse. I think they're very aware that people are annoyed at Yumi. I think they're very oh, aware sure. that mm-hmm. like people are upset that Camille's been the best top laner for X number of months. It's just like I don't know, man. I think they're very aware of all these things, and I don't think a vote makes it that much more clear. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah I, I think that, that that's really it would be it. Is that like we would see these votes and sure it'd be like fun and interesting, but like. Yeah, Yumi would be voted for in, the, in that top five five months in a row. They wouldn't change it, and then people would complain. It's like, well, because you're you're wrong, or like because X, Y, and Z. Like the the common opinion a lot of times isn't really correct, right? Like we've seen it so many times where everyone's like X character is shit, and then somebody finds a new build or a new way to play it, and now they're suddenly OP. It's like. Well, if we had listened to the community, that character would have also just gotten a buff. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe nobody would have figured out that proper build. Who yeah. knows? But I, I, on it's... one hand, like I do appreciate this, and I think um, the like unique um, sort of scenario that you've created is, is what exists in old school RuneScape, where there are some changes that go unpolled, but uh, the vast majority of major changes to the game are polled to the player base um and while that can lead to a lot of really really good things uh it can also lead to like players spite voting because this one particular thing will either negatively impact them or not impact them but they want to be like dickheads and and vote against it anyway um just so other people aren't happy even if those changes are healthier for the game so i i think it's one of those things where like yeah it in theory, it would probably be fine. Maybe it'd even be a good thing. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I am very wary about listening to any community's perspective after the things that are posted on Reddit um, specifically. And I know that's a that's a hive mind echo chamber, like a very small perspective of players. But holy fuck, do they come up with some of the worst ideas. Uh, someone mm-hmm. someone proposed an idea for gender bent skins which hey that sounds kind of cool right except riot or except reddit is the one complaining about riot selling out by making like champions hot right like is that is that not directly like against what reddit complained about i don't i don't understand <laughs> yeah I, I don't know like again it's interesting but i think ultimately all that would happen is that these characters would come up and they would say well we were already looking at them before this vote and we're still looking at them now and our you know decision on any of it hadn't really changed um i mean maybe we'd see a little faster turnaround on the particular things um you know they would get maybe addressed a patch or two sooner but i don't think it would really actually change the, the way that the game got balanced yeah um, so thanks for the email, Arsonist. And on to the next one from Aiden. Aiden, why'd you write us an email? You're on the show, bud. Oh, he was on the show. Dang. <laughs> Damn. Um, so uh, I think, uh, yeah, I'll read this one. Uh, okay. 
Hey all, Aiden, aka Funky Pants Al, here again. <laughs> uh, I wanted to ask you, my fellow Aiden, about playing Shen in rank since I heard that you play him and you can't play the Kench. I'm Silver One and have been into my gold promos twice, and I'm obviously trying to hit gold before the end of season. I main mid, but put top as my secondary role, and I often play Shen since I have a lot of fun with him. The problem is when I get when I ult out of lane. I often lose a lot top and most often will end up losing two top towers before I can even deal any damage to theirs. Uh, I always take TP, but still end up losing my towers. I've noticed that in these games, I will often have a great KDA, uh, and we can even have more kills than the enemy, but they will be just too far ahead from the side laning and extra XP. I wanted to ask you guys your thoughts uh, about where and when to use my ultimate and my TP. Should I just save TP for when I ult? Should I TP back to lane early in game if I'm forced to base or if I die? Uh, I know you are the king of level four TPs and wanted some insight on how to handle TPing uh, so early since I love to do it with all the characters I play. Any other advice on how to play Shen would be greatly appreciated. Second thing is a general question about control wards. Like you guys always say, I always buy control wards no matter what, but I don't think I use them right. I feel like I rarely get an enemy ward caught with it or I'll hold on to it too long and end up selling it later for an item. I also feel like at my elo, Silver 1, people ward less, so it feels like I can never catch an enemy ward, but maybe that's just my bad. The best uses I find are for roaming, so it's like a sweeper, or I'll just put one in the dragon or baron when taking it. I also just sometimes use it as vision for lane, since I mainly play mid. I'll put it in the closest bushes that enter the river. Wondering if you had any advice or know of any guides that could help me learn to ward better. Thanks all, Aiden. So, um, Aiden, are you here? Yeah. Okay, cool. I got it. Do um, you... Yeah. I guess, like, my main advice is that just fucking go for TPs. <laughs> like, it sounds dumb, like, in, like, silly advice, but literally just go for them, man. Like, the only way you're going to find out if they're good or bad or which ones, like, you should have went for or you shouldn't have went for is, like, by having some bad ones, right? The only thing that you should honestly make sure for regardless is make sure your enemy laner isn't going to cancel it like 100 percent of the time i mean there is some gimmicky shen shit where you can do where you go i need to use shen alt bottom but i also don't want to go bottom so you can use your shen alt in the middle of lane and then have them cancel it uh yeah. to give them the shield but that's like more gimmicky shit but like as for actual just like tps and like stuff like that literally just fucking go for them man sometimes you'll go oh fuck i got nothing and I lose three waves and two plates top. And you go, okay, next time I probably won't go for that because I lose way too much, right? Uh, but really, you just kind of have, kind of have to figure out what you're going to lose and what you're going to gain. I think it's almost always worth going for the TP. If you stop your teammates from dying, if you get any kills, it's so fucking crazy. If you can, like, swing your lane, uh, swing the other parts of the uh, lane, like bottom lane, mid lane, really, really hard, while also playing a low eek on top, which... If you're going for these plays, you've got to be playing low econ tops like Shen or Tom Kench or any tank. Um, then it's not a big deal if you get behind. So, yeah, I think Aiden, you made a really good point of like you have to be on a low econ top and, and know yeah. how to manage it. Mm -hmm. So, like, if you do this and you teleport at level four and you let's say you know drop two waves and a tower plate, and so now you're coming back to lane, they have a TP advantage, they also have 500 gold yeah. and like an item lead you don't get to trade with that person anymore. You don't get to fight them. Yeah. And what's going to happen is if you do, they're going to kill you, get another 300 gold lead, yeah. dump another wave, get another tower plate, and that snowballs and snowballs to the point where you haven't hit their tower once, 
and they've got both top towers on you. Um, I mean, there's obviously lots of factors to consider, like how quickly can they push the wave? Mm-hmm. Is it in a frozen state? Is it pushing to you or away from you? Like, those are all things to consider. But I would say, like, like you're saying, Aiden, like, just try it out, and you'll you'll start to get a better feel for it. Um, but if if you're losing, you know, two towers top consistently and yeah. having almost none on theirs, I, I would imagine something else is going wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that, you know, that's a, a pretty high level overview. So you could just go I, for shit, man. Like the game is way mm-hmm. like a lot of like a lot of people like say that the higher elo you get, like the more that you'll get punished for shit. But the reality is, is that it's a fucking team game and you have more factors than just gold EXP, like leads and shit like that. You have like mental, right? If your teammates don't get killed, if you save them from a uh, fucking gank with like a sick TP early in the game, they're just happy. They're fucking amped and the other team wants to die. Uh, yeah, that is and, a and fucking then, like, game-changing thing. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And there's there's so many other ways that that like can play out too. Where it's like maybe they're just like, oh hell yeah, like we're so happy about our top laner now, yeah. even though you're down like 30 CS 10 minutes later, yeah. and maybe got solo killed. They're like, well, you know, we knew that he's he sacrificed his lane for us, yeah. and like we're gonna carry him. Or, or maybe your jungler is like, oh, like our top laner just saved bottom so that I could do a full clear. Yeah. Let me go gank him or let me bring Harold up so that we can crash and get him some plates yeah. in return. You know, maybe your your jungler just fucking soaks that double wave and is a character who can use it. Yeah, that's the dream. It's um, like someone soaks it well. You like sacrifice your links, the gold's not going mm-hmm. anywhere. That's so sick, but Yeah, right. Like your jungler is like a master Yi or yeah. like the way I play Shivana where they're just like cool. Thanks for accelerating my build 300 gold and half a level. Yeah. Um, so hopefully all of those are helpful. Good luck in your climb and oh, your Shen play. And, and for warding, I think it's important to, to understand that a lack of information is the equivalent of information in League. Yeah. Um, at, at least in terms of vision. If you have a control ward down and it doesn't see anything, that still tells you something. You know, it, it tells you that this area is most likely safe compared to other sides of the map. Um, and mm-hmm. I think mid is a really good like example of this. If you have a control ward in the bot side and no vision on the top side, it's pretty obvious that the bot side is safer to you. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah, so. I, I think also control wards versus sweepers, like you tend not to place a control ward to clear a ward that you know about yeah. or expect. Unless it's, it's to like get on a vision. Yeah. 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 But like, yeah, it's, it's to get vision of an important area and to deny their vision, right? So I think way more often is going to be you place it, and then later they place a regular ward on top of it that you get to go in and clear yep. if you have priority and can actually do that, right? Like, I'm not dropping my control ward to to take another one. I'm putting yeah. it mid, and then when they place their trinket ward, I get to clear it because I have prio and deny that vision. Yep. Um, so hopefully those are all helpful. Um I think I've got the next one because he wanted me to read it. Nice. Oh, okay. Uh, he says, I would like Blue Balls Sweat, a.k.a. Colton, to read this question. Got him. Hello, my fellow gamers. Longtime listener here. I will be attending university for the spring semester of 2022. And I reached out to my college and they gave me a scholarship for our esports League of Legends Ooh, team. Wow. I was told that they would like me to play in the jungle because we need a player in that role, and I used to main jungle a couple seasons ago. I was wondering if I could get a rundown of some good slash bad picks for the jungle and what I should focus on with each champion. 
uh, such as focusing farming until six or ganking every chance I can pre-six, which dragons to contest and which ones not to. Uh, thank you so much for everything you do and stay fruity, my homo sapiens, your favorite daddy. I'm just going to say, um, it will change a lot by next year, by the way. It change, yeah. it changes yes. every single season. First of all, fucking, they're changing how Scuttle works, which is how, literally how early game jungle functions. So we don't really know how that's going to change. Um, yeah, we, we don't really know exactly what it's going to be next season. Uh, I mean, I, I can say a couple of general things yeah. about the jungle. I mean, like, Lee Sin is always going to be a good jungler. So if you, if you don't play Lee Sin, learn Lee Sin. Um... I would say if you're planning on playing in a competitive team environment, I would definitely learn, you know, some just heavy CC tanks, um, right? Like if you know how to play Zac, or if you know how to play Nunu, if you, you know, know how to play Amumu, any of those can be a very consistent thing. Um, you know, if you're playing with a full five man, I typically wouldn't, you know, say go for the ultra power farm Yi or the ultra power farm shivana and just ignore really, everyone else until you're huge uh no generally not in a, in a, <laughs> in a competitive environment um I, I i don't play Yi when we play tournaments no not when we play tournaments i was just talking, i was yeah like joking about normals and stuff i know i know <laughs> um but i mean you know all of those decisions are gonna change game to game and season to season of like when should i power farm when should i gank um, and you know it's all going to be a, a big value calculation of like, is the dragon safe? Am I getting more from taking it than I am from camps? Or I get another gank. Um, I whatever you know, I, I would watch professional because I think that that's where you're going to see how in a team environment jungle functions a little differently. Um, get to know your support if you can, um, because that's going to be really big. Is if you have good support jungle synergy in a team environment. You're able to clear out so much more vision and not have like wasted double sweeper zones. Um, you're able to get that deep vision a lot safer without getting picked off. And then you can make those early plays where like your support comes up and guarantees that that herald. Because if there's a fight, it's gonna be a 4v3 and you guys have way more CC because your support's there. Uh, or you know, you can secure the dragon, whatever it might be. Um, you know, in terms of, again, characters, Lee Sin is always going to be very good in the jungle. I think Elise is always going to be very good in the jungle. You know, if you need a strong AP character, I'd say Evelyn, if not Elise, is always pretty strong. If you need a tank, like Nunu and Zac are, again, pretty well always good. So those are all options. Good luck in your claim. Yeah, I think specifically for the jungle, you should just watch a bunch of jungle streamers yeah. and uh, try to emulate what they do. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Thanks to uh, your favorite father. Uh, next email is from Drew. Is it just me or is end of season solo queue so much more toxic than the rest of the year? Maybe I'm just on the lucky side, but most of my games are all pretty easy going chat wise. Um, Wowza has that changed recently, though. Sorry. Um, had a lot of people uh, just be crazy toxic, including three of my teammates, telling my itty carry and me to go kill ourselves repeatedly after we lost lane. Um, that was easily the worst of it, but it's all been pretty bad. Uh, either way, my push for plat this season is kind of over. 
Uh, nowadays, I find myself playing a lot of Yumi while I rewatch Naruto on my other monitor. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure what I should do. I could just auto-mute my teammates, but I feel as a support, I need to be in some uh, sort of communication with my AD carry. Uh, should I just quit or should I just push through? I don't really want to quit playing uh, because, I, like most people who listen to this podcast, I'm low-key addicted. Uh, sorry for the length of this email. That probably could have been like three sentences drew. Yeah, I mean, I think most, I think end of season is always like a little bit more like things. Most people are pushing for different yeah. ranks and stuff. That's just how it goes. It's also a little more try hard too. Like, uh, not that like ranked shouldn't be try hard, but people will be like, obviously like really, really trying to push for their like rank or whatever. So it's a little bit harder. Yeah. And they'll be upset because it's like, I've got two weeks and you ruined this one game. Or yeah. Like FF at 15, because I don't have the extra 10 minutes to see where this game goes. Yeah. yeah it's really bad when you start to, um, this is what happened to me last year when I realized like, oh, okay. I need to win 15 games to get to diamond. Like, yeah. And then every single loss like makes it a little bit harder because you just add one to the tick column. Like, yeah. So it does get a little bit more toxic at the end of the year, but I imagine that's the case for basically anything competitive yeah. like, in the entire world. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you take an already like, high-stakes, high-pressure environment that's stressing people out, and you just now added another you know stress factor. They're, they're yeah. going to get worse. <laughs> so if you should continue playing, I mean, I think that just boils down to if you're enjoying playing... Um, if you are keep playing if you're not having a good time like there's absolutely no reason to put you through that mental at the end of the day it's not worth like losing your mind over i don't know a, a different different car yeah, i gotta get like, those jpegs baby yeah get a green like, blood it's, it's not worth it gold one yeah, yeah. It's, it's not worth it at all so mm. play if you enjoy it don't if you don't yeah yeah uh, next email from Full Metal Alchemist. G'day, boys. It's almost 11 p.m. here in Sydney, but sadly, now that we've reached semifinals, I don't have any league games to watch during the week. And I'm not looking forward to when Worlds is over. I saw a Reddit post last week about it being five years since the SKT versus Rocks Tigers series that was so hype. Uh, we had the clash of LCK Titans along with the super interesting series meta. I've probably watched that series about four times over the years. It's uh, great to have on in the background during the period between Worlds finishing and the Spring Split starting. With that in mind, I started thinking about some of my other favorite LOL moments, generally Worlds related, but not all of them are. What are some of yours? Um, He goes on to say, my favorite Worlds song is Legends Never Die. Don't know what it is about the song, but I've always loved it. There's a karaoke place here in Sydney that has it in their song list, and I always <laughs> queue it up whenever I go. Give me a shout out if you ever come to Sydney and want to check it out. <laughs> uh, the most hyped series, SKT versus Rocks, closely followed by the two SKT versus G2 series a few years ago. Uh, SKT lost them both, uh, so I didn't enjoy them as much, but they were so tense I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. Most impressive comeback for him is SKT versus EDG will always be up there. However, there was a CLG game, maybe versus RNG, yeah. where they were down about fifteen to 18,000 gold and somehow came back to win. I always remember that game, but I think it didn't have a single pivotal, pivotal moment, so it's perhaps not as well known. And most infamous moment, not sure about this one, the Jensen Zonias has to be up there, but there's got to be something better than that. Can you think of one mistake in a bigger game that caused their team to lose. Speaker's nine-man sleep was good, but TSM were out already. The game didn't really mean that much. And best redemption arc, predictive, 
Faker when he beats Damwon in the semis wow. and then beats Genji in the finals to get his revenge against old Samsung Galaxy. Thanks for all the great content. Later days, Full Metal Alchemist. Um, so yeah, damn, it's been a while since that SKT versus yeah. Rocks Tigers series. Um, do you guys have any particular... I don't know if we want to address all of these. Yeah, but we'll any, just, we can just run through them real quick, I think. Sure. Uh, I, I personally don't have like one world yeah. song that I... I like them all. Um, I, I could probably rank them, but I'd have to listen to them back to back. I think so too, yeah. I like Worlds Collide. That's probably my favorite, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, most, most hyped series. I'm going to I'm gonna be a, a fucking biased boomer and say any uh, any CLG TSM where CLG wins. So, hey. like the two of them? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, either, um, either one of their championships over TSM. I, yeah. I obviously think it was mm-hmm. super hyped. Um, SKT versus Rocks. That's a, that's a really good one. Um, I, yeah, I man, that that like whole year, like between them, at, at, like in any of their series in LCK that year, were all really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been some really hype series with G two though as well. Yeah. Um, impressive comebacks. I don't know if that's I have hard one to, in That's my hard mind. to get. I feel like it has to be CLG RNG. RNG yeah. was like by far. Like either one and two or, or that at that tournament, CLG was down. I think it was literally like 15k gold, like versus. Mm-hmm. Um, oh God, who is the who is that jungler? MLXG. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, his fucking Nidalee, his best character, and they still pull it out. It was so sick. Yeah. Also, first tournament um, uh, where Faker got his first uh, competitive block loss versus Huhi. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Yep. <laughs> Most infamous moment. I feel like it has to be the nine man sleep. I don't know if I've ever seen a worse League of Legends play competitively than that. <laughs> it's funny, yeah. It was so bad because Spika played it so well and then TSM just completely disengages from yeah. from that. Regardless of if it didn't mean anything. Yeah, that's that's tough to do more. Um but what about the- there have definitely been like really small like one offs. <laughs> that was just like such a big like there have been plenty of plays where it's like you know a fail flash or like a flash in and just die or miss a critical skill shot yeah. but it's like the highest high of hitting yeah. that sick five man sleep and then just nothing happening like so much had to go right and wrong for that moment it's oof. mine's lower it's gonna stakes be hard to beat that. but uh phoenix's quadra kill versus uh clg where they four man dive him and he just kills all four of them <laughs> Yeah. That one's oh, really can, can we throw out hot shots of uh, fucking Galliol? Yeah, he's Galliol, or he just fat fakers his ult before the fight and then loses in the game because he doesn't have fucking Galliol. Yep. Mm, yeah. That's yeah. a good one. Um, what was the. There is the, like, fucking scuttle play that people were memeing the oh, shit out of. Oh, the blabber? Like, the blabber yeah, red buff play at Worlds scuttle. this year was fucking crazy. Did you ever go back and watch <laughs> no. that? Like, so. I haven't seen it. Everyone was just saying that he thought it was, like, big, big red scuttle. But because Blabber always kills himself for Scuttle, right? So mm-hmm, he's playing mm-hmm. Zen Zhao. <laughs> and they're just winning the game really, really hard versus yeah. X, whatever Korean team was in their group, right? It was. Was it in the group? I thought mm-hmm. it was versus Damwon. It was versus. Two. Yeah, that's what I mean. In, uh, no, it was in. Uh, yeah, it was in like uh, the group stage, though. Like the best oh, ones, in groups, right? Okay, okay. Yeah, they were playing Damwon. They were winning. Uh, and he's playing Zen Zhao and he fucking uses Zen Zhao poke over the red buffs. He's red buffs there. The enemy team is all missing, and they have TF, and he just fucking <laughs> dashes over the wall into red buff with a fed Yumi who has, like, eight Dark Seal stacks on her, kills them both because they're just there, and they have TF ult, and it's just mm-hmm. like, oh my god, like, 
in there's zero world in which that's a good place. Yeah. Even if no one's there, it's fucking terrible to go for. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. It's that's that's a that's a me jungling like hold my beer moment. Yeah. It's so crazy. <laughs> it's like there's there's five of them under tower and four of those players have a stopwatch. Yeah. Time to use Rengar ult. Like if he told me that like he thought it was his jungle, that would be the most believable reason for him to go for that. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> He's like one of those kids who starts running the wrong way in the football yeah. game. Oh, that's great. Um, and then best redemption arc. I, um, I think it's. I don't think there's any. I, I think it's hard to come up with. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 tough. I mean, like, if if Faker beats you know Damwon yeah. and then they win, that would be pretty big. I think, you know. In, in a world where you know Chovy gets on a different team and wins worlds next yeah. year, that could be a really cool arc. I, I think we have seen some in the past, but um, I don't know. It's, it's a hard question to answer. So thank you for the email, Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah. And do we want to crank out the last one here? Yep. Let's do it real quick. Um, next email is from Bernie. It's Bernie again. I'm sorry if this ends up in the same episode as my other email, but I wanted to get this in before I forgot about the concept. My idea is an AD carry uh, that is based around dreams or mental power. I haven't come up with much yet, much yet, but here's what I have. Uh, I know. Wait, here's what I have there. Um, I know there would be a skill shot that if landed, you could possess the enemy if hit for a short time. You would be able to damage the enemies uh, and everything. But while in possession, you can move your character and are completely vulnerable. I'm sorry, you can't move your character and are completely vulnerable. You would also take 50% damage the champion received while in possession. Um, for the Q, I thought they could fire a bolt that, if it lasts it's a minion or player, will jump to another unit uh, until it runs out of people to kill. Um, for the W, I think it could be half a second of invisibility and an unpowered auto attack afterwards. Uh, e could be a dash. Um, to stay on top of people. Of course, this is all just an idea. I would love to hear what you guys think of it. Um, sorry for the length of the email if this is too long for you guys, Bernie. Uh, definitely not too long. It sounds interesting. I like it. I like uh, the idea of like working with possession. Yeah, possession is definitely a little scary thing. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I just, it is funny because the last time we talked about possession, uh, we were like, oh, that's a OP Viego mechanic, <laughs> and then it shouldn't be in the game, and then it was literally exactly how Viego functions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, it's, it's cool. yeah. Possession's a weird one, and I think on an AD carry, it's especially tough. Yeah, because like you're, you're just gonna die in half a second. Yeah. Um, but I I think like an AD carry with more CC than damage could be really interesting. Um, I'm I'm not sure how they could force that into like an AD carry role, but mm-hmm. I, I think that that's where you could see like a, a dream character like this really working. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, maybe they've got a, a stacking up passive where it's like once you've hit somebody several times that, you know, you get a brief stun or whatever it might be. Um, but like another like super high utility AD carry could be interesting. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, there's a there's a reason that the character who does the highest damage right now is normally the pick for that role. Yeah. Also, I, I, I thought of my like redemption thing. It's kind of funny. It's oh. fucking... Uh... <laughs> imp it's not a good redemption but like uh imp was always better ad carry than piglet like you constantly just fucking trash piglet in lane and then piglet when they won uh ogn championship uh, uh with skt 
he was crying because he didn't think he played well enough, right? And there's an interview oh. with Imp, and Imp goes, you saw Piglet cry, right? And he's smiling and, like, laughing. At him. <laughs> it's so funny, man. Is that redemptive? It's kind of, yeah. because it's like, it's like he, he knew he played better, and he always would just, mm-hmm. like, lose, though, because his team was just worse. And just, it's kind of redemption mm-hmm. the fact that you see the person know that you're fucking better. That's <laughs> fucking funny. Yeah, it's like, I like, you won the game, but you know I played way better, yeah. and that's yeah, that's that's definitely like I'm sure Imp sees that as a big redemption. Oh, moment. for sure, yeah. <laughs> um, so thank you for that final email, Bernie. Um, I think that wraps it up for the show. If yeah. you want to wrap us up, Nick. Yeah, that'll do it for this episode of Leecast. If you want to send us an email, it is mail at leecastpodcast.com. On Twitch, we are at Basket at Leecast Frost. Come tweet at us at Leecast on Facebook. We are Leecast. We visit our website, leecastpodcast.com. Join our Discord, leecastpodcast.com forward slash Discord or discord.gg forward slash Leecast. And finally, if you want to support us on Patreon, it is patreon.com forward slash Leecast. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.